Phoenix Down Radio is on the air. Welcome, everybody, to Phoenix Down Radio, episode number 150. Holy shit. Who thought we would get that far? Not me. <sighs> it's a multiple of a 50. <laughs> That's important somehow. Well, it's just a lot of episodes. Uh, I am it your is. host, Klaus Nightbringer. Joining me, we have Talas and Sare. And making their return after, what was it, five years... <laughs> oh good Callie, aka Scalia Callie, thank you so much and welcome back to Phoenix Down Radio. How are you doing? I was trying to think of when my first appearance was, and I'm thinking like it may have been like episode two or three, and then I think I did one more like a like I don't know, a year later maybe, but it was a long time ago. Yeah, it was, I think you made two appearances in our first uh year of podcasting. And then Sounds uh, right. and then unfortunately, you know, I haven't we haven't really talked much since, but you had you had uh, Limit Break Radio. You were doing amazing things. Seven deadly streamers. Thank you so much for Hi, resubbing. Phoenix Down Radio Finny One Pinion. <laughs> thank you so much for resubbing there in the middle of that. But um, you, <laughs> Callie, you had uh, uh, Limit Break Radio. You were doing. Then you moved on to Checkpoint XP, and uh, mm -hmm. you were doing your own thing there. And now you are doing your own thing uh, with uh, your own Twitch channel. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what's been going on with you? Sure. Yeah. Like you say, uh, we were doing Limit Break Radio, and then we did Final Encounter Cast, and then we launched Checkpoint Radio, which became Checkpoint XP. And yeah, we've been kind of, we were kind of all over the place. And I, I was fortunate enough to get to do Checkpoint XP for a couple of years. And unfortunately, that tenure came to an end in June of this year. And uh, I took a couple of days just to kind of decompress and realize that I hadn't really taken true time off in. I don't know, a decade. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, a long time. So, uh, save, for, save for my, my uh, wedding uh, um, honeymoon. So I did take off time for that. So that's fair. Uh, but we, I took a couple of days off. Uh, my therapist advised me, hey, you should take a month and, you know, really think about what it is that you want to do next. This could be a big opportunity for you. And so as the, the good person that I am, I listened to my therapist and took all of 48 hours instead. <laughs> and said, yeah, you're right. I, I've, listen, I've listened and considered that and then said, I'm going to go ahead and just launch my own brand. And I'm sure it won't be a big deal or anything. So, uh, yeah, we, uh, we launched our own brand uh, at the beginning of July, end of June, right around that era. And uh, we made affiliate on Twitch in a week, and uh, we're already nice. up over 100 subs, and it's been pretty unbelievable. Now, uh, I guess we'll make the official announcement on, on here. Uh, Sarah and I are res resurrecting an old show we used to do called Loathe at First Sight, where we make each other play the worst games that we can find and see if our relationship can stand the test of these awful games. Uh, that's going to be returning... Uh, at the end of August, early September, we're still working on getting some production stuff done and getting a microphone set up for her properly. Oh, wow. But we are going to be bringing back Load at First Sight, and later this fall, I'll be launching my first solo podcast project. Well, nice. not my first one, but my first one, maybe that'll be any good. <laughs> and what's that going to be all about? Uh, well, here's the here's the big issue, right? Uh, so I, for the last oh, five years, I've been take I've had ideas when I would be doing Limp Break Radio or Final Encounter Cast or Checkpoint or whatever we were doing. I would have an idea for a show, and I go, "Wow, that's a really good idea for a show. Someone should do that." And then I realize I can't do that. I don't have time to do that. So I would just tuck it away and leave it somewhere. And now I can do 
any one of those shows that I want, and I've got about five of them, and I'm having a really hard time deciding which one I want to do. So I don't know yet is the short version. I'm really (laughs) working on it, trying to figure out what it's going to be. I did have someone reach out to me with some interest in doing a tabletop role-playing game podcast, which would be one of their projects that I would be a part of, uh, and I don't know if if it's going to happen, but I'm fingers crossed that it will because that would be a lot of fun uh i have a star wars podcast that i really want to do and i have a podcast about sexuality and kink mentality in the kink community that i want to do and i also have a final fantasy 14 concept that i really want to do so you know there's a lot well why not all of them <laughs> uh, yeah because listen Time I, and, I, and legit, yeah. <laughs> for as long as i've been doing this i have had one uh well i've had many great shortcomings but the greatest of all of those shortcomings is my tendency to bite off way more than i can chew and do things like what if i just lost, launched four podcasts that's a great idea oh, exactly. uh, so, so of course you have decided to take a completely different tack this time around right we're just going to launch one of them and then what i think we're going to try to do is we're going to do a season of that podcast and then try a different show into a season of that and see how they re- how people react to it. By the way, are you taking suggestions for terrible games? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Listen, if if it if it like here's here's the only thing. It has to suck. Like I want yes. Sarah to be miserable when I make her play this. I want her to look at me and go, "I'm not sure I'm happy I married you anymore." Like if oh, we dear. can't get it to that level, it doesn't belong on Low the First Sight. She made me play the Friday the 13th game, not the new one that was playable, the NES one. It oh. <laughs> She made me play that game. I made her play Bubsy 3D. Somehow we're still married. I can't believe she didn't break up with me that night. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh, Desert Bus. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, my God. Desert Bus would be a good one. <laughs> Desert <laughs> Bus sucks. I'm making her I play think, Desert Bus. We're going to do that. I, I feel like that's one where it's like, okay, now let's have a conversation about our relationship while we're doing this. The, the old shows, it was like, all right, let's go get ice cream and fool around so that we like don't hate each other forever. Like That was it. Of course, I can't do the fooling around bit on Twitch. They, they're really against that. That said, subscribe to my OnlyFans. No. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, I may send you a couple suggestions. Oh, <laughs> please, I would love it. Uh, yes, uh, Kaya pointing out in the chat, uh, my Discord channel, if, you should, if you'd like to join it, has uh, a request channel where you can request all kinds of garbage for me to play. So, yeah. And we'll make sure to and they do. link to all of your things within the show notes as well, your Discord, um, Twitch, all of that. So make sure to check out all of that uh, if you're listening on the podcast instead of joining us live here at twitch.tv slash phoenix on radio which you should be doing because we have a lot of fun every other saturday night uh so talas and sarah what the heck have you guys been up to since the last episode nothing Uh, nearly as cool as what callie's been doing right (laughs) (laughs) callie's always a a, a tough one to 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 follow so we follow that but, I built a show. Right. It was cool. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, we celebrated Hachiroku Day by frying a bunch of tofu and talking about cars. Nice. And I played through Final Fantasy 1 and Final Fantasy 3 Pixel Remaster. Ow. I have it's mine like upstairs. Brisania one. I need to get that framed. <laughs> yeah, mine's upstairs. <laughs> I love um, that everyone keeps it. Like Everyone's like, okay, I cannot damage this under any circumstance. Right. Exactly. Uh, 
I was on a uh, stream with Anonymous, uh, Emmy, and uh, Crotan for LunarCon. We did a kind of lore campfire, which is a discussion format that lends itself to a lot of just like shit posting, having fun, discussing. We discussed a lot of our hopes and dreams for that. Uh, the video of the day is actually still up on Moose's Twitch channel for another. 24 hours or so so i'll just drop a link for that in the chat yes please uh, do we had about four hours of lore discussion had a lot of good time created a couple new memes warriors all slide warriors all slide new emperor of the garlean empire warriors all slide <sighs> i mean i'm into it and that, that was a part of lunar con right that was a part of lunar con right. yeah we're gonna Luz talk had been invited as a special guest and he's like, I should probably do something for it. <laughs> and we'll, so we uh, had a good time. We'll talk about that a little bit more in the game and community news as well. Um, and I've made good on my promise. Uh, last year, uh, you amazing people helped us to raise over $1,000 for Extra Life. So thank you very much. Because of that, um, I promise you I will be playing my least favorite Final Fantasy game, which is Final Fantasy X-2. And we started that on Tuesday. And That's so mean to FF10 too. There's so many <sighs> trash Final Fantasy games out there. I, I don't know why 10-2 gets so much hate. I, it's fun. I, I, it doesn't take itself too seriously. Listen, I don't love 10 2 either, but in a world where 12 and 13 exist, I just I actually like 12 and 13, except for probably Lightning Returns, better than 10 2. All right, well, that's an opinion. <laughs> I don't know if it's a good one, but it's an opinion, all right. Hey, come on. 13.2 is a Chrono Trigger sequel we should have got. It sent tweet. It is damn true. It is damn true. It's an amazing game. Sure. I said, said, tweet. Yeah. But, uh, so we're, 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 we're going to be running through that on Tuesdays and Thursdays through August. We'll see how far we can get. And, uh, you know, if you guys can help us raise some more money for our extra life this year, we may keep it going a little bit longer. So if we can get $150 raised this month, uh, we'll we'll push it in September. So you know, if you have a few dollars to donate to an uh, amazing charity at, like Extra Life, uh, you can check out uh, the link down below our uh, our page here on Twitch, or uh, you can check it out at uh, phoenixstarmradio.com. There's a link in the sidebar. I haven't gotten to do anything for Extra Life in years. This oh, might be the year. I might get back into Extra Life this year. It's it's an amazing charity. The fact that they it support is. all your local uh, hospitals um, is, is a lot of fun. Uh, one year we supported the um, Benioff Children's Hospital in uh, San Francisco, which is close to Sare. Um, last few years, though, we have been doing it at, for the Gillette Children's Hospital in St. Paul near me. And I'm pretty sure there's a couple in, in Detroit that are supported as well. So There are, yes. So yes, it's it's all right. Amazing. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do extra life this year. Yay! We got Kelly yeah. extra life. I'm yeah. in. Yeah. We should start up a uh, a Final Fantasy team again this year. We ha we had the content creators going for a while, but then we, we all kind of went and did our separate things. But uh, and I don't think anybody I had wanted a, to lead it. <laughs> I had a 14 content creator reach out to me about doing extra life this year. So maybe uh maybe I'll put you guys in touch. Yeah, that'd be awesome because because if, if you can pull your resources together, that actually makes it uh, a lot of fun to be able to keep you going for those 24 hours because it gets yeah, rough i'm sure nika's gonna do it again for lbr this year so maybe we can get her involved i don't know that would be absolutely sweet um so yeah let's go ahead and jump into that gaming community news um 
This one came to us from Josh, uh, aka Seven Deadly Streamers. He emailed us at uh, um, podcastatphoenixradio.com, which you can also do if you have anything you want to talk about or uh, let us know. Uh, Kay from the Moogle Cafe is going to be hosting a Moogle Market on August 21st. Uh, you may remember Kay, we talked about her, um, or Talas did in the uh, the last um, uh, culinarian segment that he did for us. So is that last episode or is that one before? I don't remember. It, it, time is, is, is a thing. A <laughs> so time I, doesn't exist. It's fine. It happened in the past and therefore is no longer real. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, go out to uh, MoogleCafe.xyz uh, slash Moogle-Market-2021 and uh, you'll have all the information on it is there. Let me bring it up here in my page. Uh, there's going to be a virtual venue where you can uh, go hang out at this, the cute pixelated venue uh, at gather.town. Make your own little avatar and just chill out. Uh, there's also I've going... Go ahead. Uh, I've actually used uh, gather.town for a couple things before. A friend threw a New Year's party there. It's a really fun space. Uh, I like a lot. One of the things they do with it that's a little unusual is as you move around it, your proximity to other people determines a little bit of who you can see and who you can chat with. So it feels a little more like at a party where like mm. maybe you can go find a room to like mingle with a small group and have a more private discussion. You can have game rooms where everyone can easily see each other. It's a really interesting exploration of virtual spaces and I'm excited to see more people using it. So it's like multiplayer house party then? Kind of. How's it Sounds going, like dude? It, yeah. <laughs> uh, that game's terrible. If you want to, speaking of terrible games to play, if you ever get a chance to play House Party, go ahead and take a pass on that. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> it's so bad. It's garbage. It's hot trash. A friend of mine's in it, and she's like, uh, I don't know if I can tell my family I'm in this game. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> no, listen, though. Everything you're games- thinking. I'm so- yeah. There are only two games that I have immediately been like, okay, you know what? Even I'm not comfortable playing this around like people I consider family, and like I'm I'm pretty shameless. But like uh, I played that, and I played um, uh, what's the new Mass Effect porn game? Uh, geez, uh, Subverse, <laughs> Subverse. It's it's basically Mass Effect porn the edition. I started playing that and got to a scene. I was like, actually, you know what? Nope, I can't play this in front of you, in front of you. Nope, this is a private game. Oh wow. <laughs> The top video, uh, the top result on videos for House Party, the video is titled, Don't Tell My Mom I Played This Game, House Party. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> tracks. Oh, oh wow. Tracks. This, Sarah, no. This there's, is a no. thing that exists. Sarah, later. Okay. Yeah, that, for that's you. You know me, that's I have to stare into dark. the void. I stare into the void. That's what I do. Did and I when tell it's House you about Party, the void? the void stares back. Yeah. <laughs> Text you a picture of Letty. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> there will also be a live stream during this as well as a number of quests so make sure to check this out on August 21st it's going to be an amazing time uh, also in uh, community news like we were talking about earlier LunarCon was this past weekend uh, which Sarah w- was a part of that and I, I guess it was an amazing success uh, Callie did you get a chance to check it out I did a little bit uh, I, I got to I kind of lurked through most of it because like I found out about LunarCon, I feel like, so late, because, uh, you know, people were talking about it through July, and my July is a giant haze of doing, of, like, planning a fundraising stream and launching a brand and trying to get the Twitch ready and commissioning artists, and, like, and then, so, like, it was, like, July 23rd or 24th, and people were like, oh, yeah, LunarCon's next week, and I'm like, 
what is LunarCon? And I had to like get caught up. And like I'm sitting here on Aetherite Radio last Saturday as they've got two of the people from LunarCon on as guests. And they're talking about it. I'm like, oh, this sounds really cool. Why did I agree to follow them as a guest? That's a bad idea on my part. I'm not going to look great at all after this. Uh, so I, I, I lurked through a good bit of LunarCon. I'm like, if I had had more time, I would have gotten so involved in this. Like, I'd have been like, oh, I want to host a panel. I want to do everything. But mm-hmm. I, I, I got into it too late. But it was super cool. And again, like, awesome to see this community. And as it has done so many times, be like, yeah, COVID sucks, but we'll find a way to work around it. We're a very plucky community. We're a very upstart. We got this. We always have been. That said, part of me at LunarCon sat there just lamenting, like, I miss seeing this community in person so badly. Yeah. I cannot, I like the feeling of getting to see you all again at the next fan fest makes getting fired worth it. Like I am so excited to be at the next fan fest and get to like interact with this community again in in that kind of way. Like, Oh my God, it makes everything worth it. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to see people in person again. And if we could all just get our damn poke and put our damn masks on, maybe we could get there faster. Not going to make an inadvisable rant. Not going to make an inadvisable (laughs) rant. No, I'll rant for you. Get your damn shot. (laughs) I would not have stopped there. Yeah, okay, fine. If you don't get your shot, you're a prick. Whatever. I mean, like, listen, I'm sorry. <laughs> Catch your shot. It takes a day at most if you count the time you don't feel well afterwards. And yeah, guess what? I didn't feel well afterwards. I had a fever and a headache. Oh, no. I didn't get COVID. Yeah. Get your shot. Get your, get your poke. My manager was very nice about telling us to schedule a sick day for the day after. No, I... Think- it if you're a responsible employer, you should. It, yes, same, right? I got my shot. I got it at noon. Uh, I went in to get my my hormone shot, and my doctor's like, "Hey, you want to get the COVID vaccine?" I'm like, "Do you have the COVID vaccine?" Because uh, it was still when it was in like really short supply. It was just starting to open up to people our age, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Actually, someone was supposed to come get it. They canceled. So, do you want in on this?" I'm like, "Yeah, I do." So he he gave me the shot. He's like, "All right, great. Go home. You're not going to feel well tonight, and then you're good to go." I went home. Six hours later, felt like garbage. 12 hours later, laying in bed delirious. 24 hours later, totally freaking healthy again. It's fine. Get it done. Anyway, and also, yeah, I know the Johnson & Johnson one scared everyone. It's the one that I got. But guess what? I didn't get blood clots. I'm fine. You'll be fine. Go do it. It's better than dying of COVID. It's a low enough frequency thing that I think there are still some questions about whether it was just people who got would have gotten blood clots anyways. When it when it's six out of like millions, yeah, you start to wonder maybe it's just someone who is at risk of blood clots. I don't know, but either way, it, it's better than COVID. Don't get COVID. It's really bad for you and bad for other people. Mm-hmm. And now it's getting worse because it's mutating. Get your shot. Sorry, oh, hijack the show on get no, on, no. On the get your shot campaign. Delta Plus but, just started showing up in the South Bay, so I've been a little anxious about that. I, no, you, listen, I want I want a brand new campaign. We've been too nice about it so far. I want the campaign where it's get a shot or get a stab, and basically you get the shot or I come to your house and stab you. Oh, no. so one way or another, you're getting poked. I mean, you can get poked by a knife or you can get poked by a needle. It's your call. It's a new campaign. Are you, are you available for private stabbings? I am available for private stabbings. <laughs> when, I run for, when I run for president of the universe... That is going to be my campaign that I run on. It is the poke or stab campaign. Yep, just reach out to Escalia at at pokeorstab.com. I'm I'm forming the doink party. Tom Berry's my mascot. Yes! Love it! Love it. Do you need a campaign manager? Uh, Yes, I do. I'm in. 
There we go. The Ton Buddies. Oh my god, that's what we're all called. Oh, I yes. love it. I, oh I've always been like, Ton Buddies give knife hugs. It's great. It oh, builds itself, it. and it's there's nothing we can do. COVID shots Ooh. equals body shots. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Oh, I'm I, listen, down. Listen. I mean, hi. I'll tell you what. I'll make the sacrifice. If you get your vaccine, I'll do a body shot off you. That's the rule. Moving forward. I know I'm going to regret that. 2022. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to regret that promise uh, very quickly, but... So much liver damage. But no, yes, do that so we can make sure that the next con that we're all at is in person. Yeah, like, literally, and like, I don't mean to make it, like, really selfish, but it is really selfish at this point. I just want to go see people again. I'm going to Grand Rapids Comic Con in one week. It's my first public appearance in two years, and I'm terrified to go. I'm like, great, I got a mask. I'm going to be carrying, I'm going to be doing like the full-on con plague scenario where mm -hmm. I've got like a holstered thing of like a uh, hand sanitizer. Mm -hmm. We got I got fresh masks that were taken throughout the day because like that's what it takes to be able to go to an event. And even then, really, we probably shouldn't be going. Most people shouldn't be going because it's terrible right now like this thing is roaring back and uh if you're out there and you haven't gotten your poke it is literally all your fault you i'm talking to you it's your fault blame yourself i feel hope, bad about it and then get your shot i hope our listeners are are, are not among that but uh if, if no, you are, I, please reconsider like and get it, your shot in my head every one of my listeners is like super pro vaccine super like I, I don't like to think about like my listeners like in like any kind of bad context because it makes it really hard to do the show right. but like I, and I know statistically one of them's got to be an anti-vaxxer it's just got to be the case but like to that I have a message to, to my anti-vaxxer listener go listen to someone else I don't like you anymore yeah. there are uh, some groups for which I can at least rough. There are some groups for which I can at least understand and sympathize a little bit. There are some populations that have historically been treated very poorly by the medical community and have legitimate reason to be suspicious. Oh, a hundred percent. That's it. That uh, well, said, hey guys, don't remember die. like a year ago? Remember like a year ago when we discussed that like we were going to bring levity to the situation and not do this? <laughs> On our yeah, oh, I'm sorry. You should have. You should have <laughs> probably let me know that before I agreed to come on the show. That was a year ago before I had all these feelings. Well, That's I mean, true. listen. That was also pre-Delta variant, where it's like, okay, you know what? We tried to have levity and we tried to be nice, and y'all fucked it up. Now you don't get to us to be nice anymore. Now we're going to be mean. Because clearly that's all you understand. Yeah, the niceness isn't working, so yeah, maybe we need to, to step it up a notch. Now everyone sits with their heads on their desks until someone admits who didn't get their COVID shot. Everyone or nobody says anyone. Everyone put your head, head, a head down, put your hand up if it was you. We don't have to all know. We just You just have to admit it and then go get your poke. We're going to have a nurse come by and they're going to stab you in the back, either with a knife or with a needle. This is the pro-Cali campaign. <laughs> Can we coat the knife in vaccine? Is that a thing that works? I doubt it, but like, you know what? I don't really care if it works or not. It's more about the message at that point. Like it's saying, like, listen, it could have been a needle. Just, I got I can answer that question in a couple minutes. Give me a second. Just tell them it's Kool-Aid, they'll be fine. <laughs> oh my no, god. No, I'm asking the I'm asking my uh my chief medical officer. We want to see All what right. he says. Well, Excellent. I am about this lunar con yes sorry lunar con we love you um sorry lunar con we go <laughs> south for you L lunar con is no way affiliated with any anti-vax campaigns no yeah. um 
to my knowledge. But they're doing their best to make they're making the best of a crappy situation. They correct. did a good job of it. It mm-hmm. was fun. Like it was a thing that a lot of people had a lot of good stuff to say about. We Can love I say- you. We love the effort you put into it. We hope you don't have to do it again because it's a lot to ask of anyone. It's a lot to ask of anybody, and 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 truthfully, uh, God, that reminds me so much of I, I don't even remember what show. I mean, it was a movie where it was people in a um, in a mental health facility, and one of the things that they would do when the when the people were released, I think it was House actually was this. When people were released, they would say, uh, "We love you, we support you, and we hope to never see you again when you're being released." And literally, that's how I feel about LunarCon. I love you, I support you, and frankly, I hope you never have to do this again. Like, I hope next time we do LunarCon, it is in a physical space, and we're all actually together doing yes, something yes. cool and incredible. Because you could build, like, LunarCon did well enough and was successful enough, you could build it into something unbelievable, and people yeah. would support it. Like, yeah, the people and they who should. can put, put something together like this in a virtual setting, I would love to see what they can pull off in a physical one. Oh yeah, I would be all about that. Listen, hey, if you need a guest, I'm in. Yeah, we all appear on pretty much anything. And yeah, that's I like something attention. I didn't hear about it till late either. I would love to be a part of LunarCon. I know Chili uh, had done a a, a podcasting uh, panel <laughs> with uh, Flatus at LunarCon. So you know, a lot of people from the community. I'm um, happy was there, and uh, uh, MTQ Capture was there. Mistech, yep. um, mm-hmm. Sly. There's just a ton of, of uh, people from the 14 community, and and they did an amazing job. It was three days. Um, and it was just so much fun and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping they don't have to do it again, but, uh, when they do, because we all know that what's going to happen, unfortunately, sorry to be yeah. that guy. We're um, all going to be doing this again. Exactly. I mean, like I'm the person who's usually like optimistic and it's like, you know, people are still basically good. And even I'm reaching that point. People have burned through a lot of goodwill and optimism this year. That is for damn certain. <sighs> But can I say this about the the 14 community? Um, Historically, a very divided community, and I would say a vocal community for their sides. You know, it is a community that plays well against itself a lot of the time, which may may be why LBR was successful. Uh, But um, this year, I have seen two major Final Fantasy 14 events go off with almost unanimous support and appreciation and praise for both virtual fan fest and lunar con were met with pretty much unequivocal praise and love and support. And I'm just like, damn, you go Final fantasy 14 community. You guys have changed. For the it's most always part, been yes. one of the friendlier communities, but like this is just taking it to another level. Well, yeah. Friendly. Yes. But never agreeing. Like they, they don't agree on anything <laughs> like, 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 say any statement about Final Fantasy fourteen and watch someone go. Well, actually, uh, that's that's not correct. If you if you actually if you look at the third lore book, you'll see uh, we're definitely a community that tends to do that. Uh, but this was just something where I was like, cool. Like uh, the trailer for Endwalker came out and no one really had a complaint, and LunarCon got announced and no one really had a complaint. It's just like, damn, this has been a good year for Final Fantasy fourteen, despite being a bad year for humanity. There's definitely an appreciation for what we have, it feels like. Yes. All right. Uh, Chili in the chat says, it's because the salty part is too busy with WoW players to talk about cons. <laughs> yeah, listen, yeah, I, I would say that there is, yeah. a, there is a, uh, a coalition of Final Fantasy 14 players who have uh, 
refocused their energies in less than constructive ways. That's my incredibly yes. diplomatic way of saying they're being tools. Yeah. Well done. Let's go ahead and go move on then. <laughs> um, All right. Like we said, uh, we were talking about last episode, Final Fantasy uh, Pixel Remasters were coming out, and <clears throat> they released the uh, versions for uh, 1, 2, and 3. And Talis jumped right in on those and picked those up for uh, mobile, I believe, right? I picked them up for, uh, yeah, for mobile, and I'm playing it on my iPad. And what do you think? How, how are they so far? So I played three first because it's one that I've wanted to play and the translated NES versions were absolutely a nightmare. And I yeah. just never really liked the DS one, the kind of inserted Luna or, or Lunith and uh, Ark, Refia and Ingus story just didn't really fit uh, the way that I originally remember playing the games. So I said, you know, I don't really like this DS remaster. I don't like the translation. So I never really got a chance to thoroughly play three without having kind of a thorn in the side the entire way. So I played through it and there and it everything fit. Everything made sense. Mm. Everything was intuitive. Uh learning spells, moving spells around, moving jobs, mm. understanding how uh job level and character level worked was really, really intuitive and structured in a way that made the game easy to play for new players. But it still had all of the challenge and all of the like combat nuance for all the old players that have played three and five and tactics and all the really old job based style games. Okay. Uh, playing through FF one. Unrunnable battles are now represented by an on map NPC, which doesn't make any sense to me and drives me crazy. But ultimately, because your controls are touchscreen. Eh, I guess it makes sense. It's not that bad. It is a little weird if you're playing it on like Steam and have a controller. It doesn't really make as much sense, but for consistency, that's there. Uh, for anybody planning on running back into the ice cavern and killing the eye 256 times in a row, uh, don't. It leaves. So that was fun uh, for a change. And then two, I just started. Uh, the keyword system is a lot easier to use touchscreen uh, versus a controller. The two is working out pretty well. All in all, good games. Some things we lost because we're not using the 20th anniversary edition of FF2. We're not using the DS remaster of three. We're not using the PSP edition of FF1. We're going all the way back to the NES version and upgrading that specifically. So like for FF1, all the spells work. For FF2, the keywords are easier to notice and find. Uh, for FF3, it's easier to understand why you would want to change a job and what jobs lead into other ones. But we lose the additional jobs. We lose the add-on content. We lose the five additional dungeons in FF1. But for, I think they're like 12 or 15 bucks each, absolutely worth ha having in the collection. I dig it. That's actually really sad. I have the weirdest relationship with Final Fantasy 3 specifically. <laughs> My first time that I tried to play Final Fantasy 3 was in the era where there was no Final Fantasy 3 in, in North America. So your option was find a fan translation and a, and a rip of it and, and try to play it. And the translation that I found was, um, I'm going to say probably not a one-to-one -one translation. It was, um, it was, they took some liberties with what the characters were saying to each other. Uh, <laughs> one of the yeah. characters 
One of the characters called another character a cuck in the opening minutes of the wow. game. I'm assuming that was not a straight rip. Definitely so, not. It is always interesting to see the localizer's attitude creeping into it. Yeah, yeah. I would say I, I would say they um they they did not do the most faithful representation of, of the story of Final Fantasy 3. Uh, so I, I kind of abandoned it, thinking like, okay, this is either the weirdest entry in the series, or I cannot find a good version of it. Years later, I went back, and when they finally had released it over here, I started playing it, and went, okay, you know what? It's fun. The job system is a little primitive, mainly because it was their yep. first real go with the job system. It feels a little yep. jank compared to Final Fantasy 5, so it's it's fine, though. It's, it's enjoyable. Then I got to the mini castle. And I've never had less fun <laughs> playing a game in my entire life than I had in the mini castle in Final Fantasy 3. And I was like, this game is the worst and I hate it. Uh, <laughs> so for years, I held a grudge. Finally, I went back and played it and beat it probably just like, I don't know, eight years ago, six, six eight years ago, something like that. And I was like, all right, once you get past that ob- objectively terrible part of the game, it's pretty playable. So that being said, uh, we're going to... Sp- go into more detail uh, in episode 151 when these two have had a chance to play them a little bit more or uh, get more information about them. Uh, so without giving away too much content from the next episode, the mini castle is definitely in my list of short notes of things that were really difficult originally <laughs> yeah. that are way easier this oh, time. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Because, uh, um, listen, I'm all for games being hard. I love games giving a challenge. I'm a huge Dark Souls fan. I love those games. Um but uh there's there's, parts of the game, there's times when it's just not fun like if it isn't fun then you failed if it like dark yeah. souls never stops being fun it's infuriating it will make <laughs> you very angry while you're having what you would argue to your wife while she's telling you to put the controller down for the love of god is fun uh but Sounds yeah accurate. the mini castle was not yeah um, no, this is again not wanting just to... like oh go ahead again not wanting to poach too much from future episodes but there is uh, there's stuff that's a challenge, and then there's just like, okay, changing design standards. Yeah, true. That's also the other thing is to remember, this game came out like 91, 92. We didn't have game design standards. We had, I hope this works, like that was all we had. And I worked at Nintendo, and I had the opportunity to see the uh, Spiral Bound notebooks that were the original bugs for some of the original Game Boy and NES games. And the bug write-ups are just like, play the game until this doesn't work. No, that's <laughs> not game design. That's not bug testing. That's not QA. That's not how this works. But in 1990, 1991, that's exactly how it worked. Well, so we just it, didn't really have everything uh, that we do now. Think, think about it, though. Like, at that time, like, while, of course, we'd look at that today and go, well, that's completely unacceptable. At the same time, at that point, your game was 700 lines of code, and you could debug it in, a, in you know, a few weeks, versus where today your game would be millions of lines of code, and if you had to debug like it through with those notes, you would just never find it. No. I had somebody ask me, like, what's the hardest game you ever worked on? And the answer is Animal Crossing New Leaf, and they were like, why? And I said, eight languages, 1.5 million text cells. And I had to make sure the microphone worked in every instance. I don't know German or Italian or Spanish <laughs> or French. Wow. Yes. And I had to learn two, two dialects of Spanish and two dialects of French in order to test that game. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. like, some of the new testing standards are absolutely insane. The old testing standards were definitely bad. But for the, uh, the wow. modernized versions, it's for FF3, it's things like 
Here's an NPC that forces itself to talk to you that says, make sure you bring black magic. Translation, physical weapons don't do anything. You should probably come in here with magic because magic isn't affected by mini. But they're very forward on the, hey, we're going to take your hand for a second and guide you into this and hope <laughs> that it works out. Yeah, I mean, and think about it. Like when those games came out, when, especially Final Fantasy 3, like at that point, you couldn't even go on to game FAQs yet. Like that didn't exist yet. Uh, if you These groups might have existed if you knew the actual address and if you had any way to connect to the Internet, like if uh, so. If. Yeah. Like nowadays, like nowadays, ironically, it would be more acceptable for them not to hold your hand because you would eventually just go. All right. This is crap. How do I do this? And go watch someone Twitch streaming it and be like, oh, you use magic. Mm, that makes sense. Use magic or I imagine somebody trying to find the one grid that has the final shield and dragon uh, dragon warrior. Yeah. Dragon Quest 1. Oh. Like, there's no way that would work now. But boy, having to get numbers from six people and then count grids and hope you didn't lose count if you got into a random encounter in order to find an item in the world map yeah. by using the world map. Like, God, no. There's no way that would ever survive. But in hey. 1988, it was totally fine. Hey, remember earlier when we were talking about standing in the Barnes & Noble and reading manga? Remember when you did yes. that with video game guides? Yep. I surely uh, do. <laughs> so yeah. what you're trying to say is we're old. Yeah. I wasn't trying to say that. It just kind of happened. Yeah. Well, we are. I, I, I turned 32 last month and I'm like, <laughs> shut up. Shut up. I'm the youngest <laughs> one here and I'm 36. <laughs> well, we're so I still children. have a couple years left. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and keep moving on. There actually, one yep, of the yep. biggest complaints that we that was heard about with the uh, uh, the Pixel remasters was that god awful font. Um, it's like yeah, okay, you fix the sprites dang. and then you transfer all the fuckery to the font. Yeah. Um, Basically, yeah. But uh, apparently there was a modder who has uh, already released a, a pixel font pack for the Steam versions that's supposed to improve the readability and uh, make things a little bit nicer. Um, they're actually modeling it against Earthbound font, <laughs> and it really fits <laughs> the entire aesthetic. Um, so if you are... It looks like the Game Boy Advance font is what it is. It looks like the Game Boy Advance font. And honestly, I've seen the screenshots. They're fine. Um, it makes sense. It definitely, they both work. I can read both fonts just fine, but there's something to be said for something like reading Snow Crash on a Kindle, like, is a specifically unique experience to experiencing the story of Snow Crash. Playing Final Fantasy on a tablet with a touchscreen that is also your phone, that is also your YouTube music generator, that also has Spotify... Maybe you don't need a Game Boy Advance font for that. Maybe you could have a more modern font for that. So I, think, I can I see think, it on both sides. I like both, though. I think Seven Deadly Streamer says it best in your chat. They have to do something wrong, so people have to complain about something. And I think that hits at the fundamental truth of any major franchise, whether it's Star Wars or comic book franchises or Final Fantasy is we at some point become so attached and love something so deeply that we can only express new emotions in the form of hatred and we can only <laughs> express like we can only express things through complaint where it's like look i like it, it it so goes without saying that i love your product that the only way i can say something that is actually revelatory is to say something that's wrong about it and uh 
every great fandom I feel like eventually reaches that tipping point where it's like, have you looked at the Star Wars fandom? It's the worst. This is the actual worst group of human beings on the planet Earth. Uh, they just got out. They just got uh, topped above the Nazis. As it turns out, it's unbelievable how terrible that fandom is. Huh. But I'm part of that fandom, and I love Star Wars. But I love to hate Star Wars. I love to talk about everything that's wrong with Star Wars and everything that's stupid about it. Because if I just sit there going everything that's cool about, it, I'm like, yeah, because it's got space wizards with lightning magic. Of course, it's cool. Mm. I would say on this one. So I have a friend who actually just launched a Kickstarter for a video game that he's producing. And so in the discussions for it, one of the things that came up was about the idea of accessibility. And for something like the font and readability, like that does start touching on an accessibility issue where it's like, okay, that's maybe a bit more of a legitimate concern. Like adding colorblind mode to games where I am slightly colorblind and I did not realize how much just a couple little shifts makes it so much easier for me to play some games. Yes, so oh I, my god. I do want people thinking about this and I do want the designers actually thinking, okay, does this font actually make sense? Given that being able to read it is really important for these games, please have it be readable. I, I, I like you, I did not realize how colorblind I was. Uh, I learned it when I married my wife, and she be, was very willing to point out when like, I would say something's one color. She's like, do, do you think that's purple? And I'm like, yeah, it's purple. She's like, that is dark blue. And I'm like, mm, no. I, I can't see any uh, non uh, uh, lightly saturated colors. It has to be a heavily saturated color for me to see it, or it turns out they all just look the same to me. I, I went my whole life somehow not knowing that. And you're yeah. right. Like suddenly, like I go into like games where they're thinking about that content, and it's like, oh look, if we're gonna use a color like purple, we use a bright freaking purple, and it's like, great, I can see that color. That does make a world of difference. It's it's really nice when people are actually focusing on on the ability for everybody to be able to enjoy the game. Yeah. Uh, side note: There was a car that in my family growing up that I always thought my purple was purple and my family insisted was blue and it all makes so much more sense now yeah <laughs> all right yeah we were we were playing mass effect and uh we got one of the, we got two like choices like to paint a wall or something like that and one of them was burgundy and one of them was i don't remember it was like a blue color and i'm like man this i was just like oh, that brown is so boring and they had to like stop me and be like what brown are you referring to? And I, I had to go over and argue. I'm like, like this wall right here, the one I'm shooting at right now, it, it, this wall is, is brown. I'm like, oh my God, Callie, no, it's not. You're colorblind. And I'm like, oh, oh, that's actually a different color. Interesting. So <laughs> it's problematic. Yeah. It's good to know that now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so uh, some other news that I noticed about the Final <laughs> Fantasy Pixel Remasters is apparently they have uh, um, leaked the uh, dates for four through six. Yeah, oh. Chili just leaked the dates yep. in our chat too. Yeah, yeah I, I actually ha was going to be talking about that. Thanks, Chili, for jumping the, the news gun. <laughs> um, we love Chili. Yeah, he, he's he's awesome. Well, I mean, he works in game journalism, so I mean, he's going to have all this information too. <laughs> he works at Square Enix, right? Oh, he wishes. Not yet. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he does. I'm pretty sure I saw him at El Segundo last time I was there. Mm. But um. Mm. Anyway, oh. moving on. Let's not. Oh, blow oh, the chat wants to know what. <laughs> The chat wants to know what color that wall was. Well, what color the wall actually was? Yes. It was red. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, no I, same uh, thing. Like, 
Mine's a relatively mild case, but there are some shades of red and some shades of brown that I uh, mix up. Same for certain shades of green and gray. Yep. Any, like I say, anything that isn't heavily saturated, I just apparently can't see. Okay. Yeah. Mine's mild, but there are, like, the less saturation, the more of a problem it is. You're right. I had not put together that was the specifics of it. Oh, I'm okay. learning things about myself tonight. So according to the Steam database, the dates for Final Fantasy 4, 5, and 6 are August 19th, 2021, September 9th, 2021, and September 30th. So we've got about another two weeks until we see uh, Final Fantasy 4, and then uh, a couple we- every couple weeks after that. So hmm. Gives you a little bit of time so to play FF2 through. this week. Yep, you, you so got I beat time. FF2 this week, I have a week off, and then I beat FF4 the week after that. Yep. I have a week off. And, fine. and then they release all six of them for the Switch to go coincide with the new Switch OLED edition. God, I hope so. That actually <laughs> would be fire. Right? That Fingers crossed. would be super cool. <laughs> I mean, people are going to be really that. mad, though, if they do that after the all six come out and we buy them all separately on Steam and then they release a collection of them on Switch. People are going to be like, you bastards. That, when has Square Enix not done something like that? They are bastards. But we still love them, apparently. <laughs> I mean, how many times... Whether have you we want to or not. I mean, how many times have you bought Final Fantasy <laughs> We declare Fantasy our games? love by showing them our hatred. Yes. <laughs> how, many, how many times have I bought Final Fantasy VIII? Uh, yeah. <laughs> or, oh, uh, God. Or nine, or ten, or... Well, eight specifically, because I've got four copies of the North American version. I've got the Greatest Hits version, both in the wrapping and not in the wrapping, because that's very important. I've got an original Final Fantasy VIII Japanese version. Ooh, uh, wow. No, I don't anymore. I gave that away as a, as a, as a prize. I used to have an original Final Fantasy VIII Japanese Ooh. version, uh, but I have another Final Fantasy VIII Japanese version that is in the shrink wrap still, because, of course, they're very different, and you need to have them both. Of course. Okay, see, this kind of thing Cats is like why six I... feet from me and is laughing as <laughs> Kelly is describing <laughs> this chaos. <laughs> <laughs> like this sort of nonsense is why I want some type of copyright reform. You shouldn't have to keep buying this game over and over again just to be able to continue to enjoy it. Uh, listen, it's not that I have to continue buying it. It's that if I go into a store and see it, I'm like, well, I, I mean, what if my other seven copies break and I can't play my Steam version anymore? <laughs> like, I mean, okay, that, that gonna, might be a little more. Someone steals my Switch. Like, I mean, that'd be oh. nuts. Oh my god. And so, your PS4. Oh god. Yeah, like, what I lose do? all of it. Like, I'm, I'm gonna have to have my seventh copy. And oh, this is why I'm we love you, Callie. you problem. Yeah, you know, we did a game today when we were at my bridal shower where we had to, like, Jesus each, like, hold one of the other's shoes, and they'd be like, all right, so who's more likely, who's, like, the better cook? And we'd have to, like, hold up the shoe of the person we say is the better one. One of those questions was, who is more responsible with money? And I did not hold up my own shoe. I'll put it that way. <laughs> no. <laughs> did anyone? No, no, neither did she, and not a single person in that room guessed wrong. Everyone was like, no, it's got to be Sarah. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's Sarah. <laughs> Yeah. <sighs> All right. Now we got a little bit of Final Fantasy 14 news to discuss. Um, the ultimate Final Fantasy 14 cookbook is going to be available in two different flavors. So that uh, cookbook that we talked about a couple episodes ago, um, where we were, it was supposed to be a Final Fantasy cookbook, did turn out indeed to be that Final Fantasy cookbook we've all been waiting for. Um, and uh there does not appear to be an archon loaf recipe thank <sighs> fucking god oh come on you know you wanted an archon loaf recipe I'll isn't, just isn't, that, isn't that the recipe like loaf. like garbage bread that no one likes uh, yeah if i want that i will just get the recipe from one of america's prisons <laughs> if you want that just go buy some sarah lee wheat bread 
Blech. No, like Archon Loaf is modeled after Nutra Loaf. It is a loaf in the sense of like meatloaf kind of thing. It is nutritionally complete and often fed to prisoners who are on punishment. Awesome. It sustains life. And that's about <laughs> all you can say for it. Oh, wonderful. But apparently, uh, not only does Amazon have this uh, cookbook available, but uh, GameStop has a version of it with a, uh, a Paisa Chef plushie on the cover. So if you want to get both variants, you're going to have to reach out to, to both vendors and, and pick it up that way. I Friend saw of a couple podcast, of the recipes. Bannon actually uh, already ordered. He actually texted me. He said, hey, man, did you see this on Amazon? And I said, yeah, I actually pre-ordered it back when it was called Licensed Video Game Cookbook <laughs> and didn't have an image. I got mine for like 28 bucks. Yeah, it I might show that. up sometime before the end of the universe. I have no idea. But he thought, it was like, well, if you ordered it from Amazon, I want to order it from GameStop. But if you ordered it from one, I want to get the other one. So mm -hmm. we had both covers. And yep. I was like... Greg, you don't cook, dude. I have no idea why we need this, but fuck it, sure. Nah, uh, not to be a jerk cook, about it, but you, you don't ever cook, ever. Yeah, it's like, he does cook, actually, and he cooks every once in a while, and he cooks really well. He just doesn't do it often. So we now have both covers of this cookbook showing up, and we're going to make all of the dumb shit in the book, and it's going to be yeah. great. But I'm the villain like... for having eight, seven Final Fantasy eight copies. Sure, I get it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I kind of feel like you don't need it, and he d wouldn't use it. Likes instructions, I like inspiration. That's crazy. I bought my. I sold my hair to buy you a set of combs. Oh, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. That's what's happening right now. But yeah. Oh God. I, I I'm just getting the one from Amazon just because it's uh. I, I actually like the look of that cover better. It's actually got some uh some of the different dishes on it. And besides, you it know, looks like the cover of my Izakaya cookbook. So I was like, cool, these are just going to live next to each other on the shelf anyway. So yeah, that it worked out. Paisas still have those dead, scary eyes. So I don't like them. I know everyone loves like the Paisas and they creep me out. I'm not a fan. Yeah. Mm. But anytime I see a Paisa house in any of the wards, yeah, I'm, I'm going the no. other way. No. I mean, a, I a serial killer lives there. That's science. I yes. believe you mean a little Paisa paradise. No. Oh, Get out. God, no! I, I gotta, I'm, okay, I'm telling you right now. Let if, me hit if, the if, mute button for Sarah. Yeah, <laughs> legit. If Ben Franklin heard you say those words out loud, he would not help found America. <laughs> I don't know how that went there, and now I'm confused and slightly concerned. Well done. Yeah, no, yes, Callie, I've missed you. <laughs> We've all missed you. Jesus. We're so glad you were, you said huh. yes to join all us. Right. <laughs> well, I appreciate you reaching out. Like one of my favorite things about kind of getting to go off and do my own thing has been getting to kind of make the podcast tour and you know re meet all of the wonderful people of this community. Like I got to talk to uh, Bird and Chess again and get to you know talk with Fusion again and Mister Happy again. I uh, spoke with Ms. Tech the other day, and it's like like this is like oh my god, I've missed everybody. Like I've been I've been so kind of like cloistered away in the world of esports and we had five people covering the entire breadth of esports and gaming and uh, gaming pop culture which yeah that's a bit of a space to cover for five people but because that like it's like i don't have time to like exist in this community the way that i used to and like my favorite thing has been getting to come back and really just dive back in head first and get to see everyone again it's been really cool we're so glad that you're uh, back in it with us so thank you again Speaking of fun stuff coming up, the Moonfire Fair is going to be starting next week, August 13th. 
I love this time of year. Uh, this was uh, when I, uh, fun fact. When I first joined Final Fantasy XI in 2003 or four, whatever, whatever my sophomore year of high school was, I don't remember. <laughs> uh, or maybe I choose not to remember. Uh, when I first joined, it was August, and the uh, summer festival had just started up in it. And you know, so you had the fireworks going at night, and you had the the classical music playing, and I was just like. That always was such a magical time to me every year in, in Final Fantasy XI because it was how I came into the game. So every year I would take special time to celebrate that and enjoy it. And the Moonfire Fair is, I think, the closest you get to kind of that festival feeling mm -hmm. in fourteen. So one of my favorite. I don't typically care for seasonal events too much. Yeah, I love that you remember the music too. <laughs> yeah. It is burned into our brain. Yes. And, and, and just like that clap, clap. Step, mm -hmm. clap, clap. Yep. I could watch them circle that fountain for hours. Oh god, I had problems. Mm -hmm. But uh, the, the Moonfire Fair is as close as we get to that in, in 14, so as much as I don't usually care for seasonal events, this one is one that I absolutely love. Yep. It always reminds me that the summer is nearing an end and I need to have a snow cone. Because, like, hmm. like just as a rule, I do not want summer to end without having had at least one snow cone. Interesting. Man, now I want a snow cone. Right? Yeah, <laughs> you suck, dude. Now I have to go find shaved ice at like 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, I know. I, I, does the 7-Eleven have a snow cone? Nope. I don't think so. You'll have to start shaving that ice yourself off your ice cubes in your freezer. I was gonna say, so. I got a pastry scraper. Like, I just need a big block of ice. We can make this happen. <laughs> there you go. Um, but there's gonna be a new mount. We're getting a Sky Bear mount. You guys remember Sky Bear, don't you? That's the bear that like clipped out of the z-axis and was like broken <sighs> until it got patched out. You you cannot yep. tell me that that is not Sky Bear. Oh, it's, oh, it's definitely Sky Bear. Oh, it's a hundred percent Sky Bear. Listen, Koji was not going to let that joke go forever. No. Um, and then there's going to be three new housing items as well: uh, a Moonfire Fair mask stall. Uh, there's going to be a Costa del Hielo. Um, basically, Sarah's shaved ice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a uh, um, grilled corn, always a, a fun one that Ooh. I I've always enjoyed. It, you know, from being a kid, you know, living in the Midwest, you know, sweet corn is literally all around me. Yep. And you know, and getting I, fresh sweet corn because you're grilled. It's so good, fresh. You're Minnesota, right? Correct. Yeah. 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 Minnes about as far west as you can go and still be Midwest, but you definitely are still Midwest based on the accent. Oh, oh yeah, there, don't you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, don't you know? <laughs> Gotta get that hot dish there. Adding some grilled corn to your hot dish. Yeah. Every Midwesterner, by the way, can do that accent from birth. Like you just in <laughs> it's ingrained. You don't you don't actually speak with it, but you do know it and you can do it. Uh, and it, it it comes out at the most inopportune times as well. Inevitably, it's like someone like, oh, man, Midwesterners always sound so weird. Hey, no, we don't, yo. And you're like, what? That doesn't make any fucking sense. What'd you just say? Like, it comes out uh, at, like, had, the strangest moments. We had a dude moments. try to navigate my house. He's a big dude. He just kind of had some issues getting through the doors. Uh, as he was passing people through the narrower parts of my house, it was always, oh, oh sorry. Oh. Everywhere he went, we were just like, dude, we're all from Seattle. We can't do this with you. <laughs> we don't understand. It's, it's the, like, 
like of course growing up you don't realize that it's not a thing everywhere like it's just like oh uh, you're trying to pass somebody oh and then like for whatever reason midwesterners like we get more quiet the more urgent it is that we get past them like 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 someone's like on fire in the next room we're like excuse me could i could i just i need to i, I just gotta get around like and the people are like <laughs> yes exactly exactly Our chat finds this remarkably relatable apparently because like because ope has become such a i think it has like <laughs> memes have made it a thing everywhere now everyone else says yeah. it ironically and we're just we're the only ones who are over here just like oh oh uh, oh don't you know sorry there yeah yeah let me just squeeze past you there <laughs> i just squeeze past you well, better be hitting the old trail here <sighs> four hours later <laughs> uh, yeah. Or uh, when when one person leaves the party and has to be like the first person to do it, and then everyone gets up at the same time, is like, "Yep, I guess we better be heading out as well." Yeah. <laughs> Another Midwestern thing. Yep, yeah. we're so weird. Yeah, the long goodbye, affectionately known as the Minnesota goodbye. <laughs> the Minnesota goodbye. See, I feel like the Minnesota goodbye is like some type of assassination technique. <laughs> It, it's, it might be now, but Sarah, can we do the West Coast goodbye, which is the, oh shit, where did that dude go? That's the West Coast goodbye. We just fucking oh, leave. God. We don't tell anybody. I can uh, neither we, confirm nor deny. We have that in the Midwest, too. We just have a much more uh, culturally insensitive name for it in the Midwest. So we're, I'm, I'm not going to say it on stream here, but there is a name oh, for that, that the, in the oh, Midwest. Oh, he had to leave. He... He had to get early because somebody got him on the horn once, bless his heart. Just like, you know, whatever, get... That's Southern more than Midwest, though. Yeah, no, so, uh, Midwest is... Uh... <laughs> yeah, Midwest is an interesting place. There is nowhere else <laughs> like it in the world, and thank heaven for that. Yes, Nick Nar, you're now in a Charlie Bean video. <laughs> <laughs> Not uh... sorry. Not like, sorry. Bleh. Is All the right. passive aggression required or just admired? A little bit of is, both. Are you yeah. in the West Coast or are you from the West Coast? Because it's different. <sighs> All right. Uh, Susan Sprinkle, as someone from New Jersey that now lives in Indiana, can attest. Midwesterners are weird. We are weird. We, we are. No, we're very. We are a weird people that are simultaneously incredibly nice and incredibly petty about everything. Yeah, and we're extremely passive aggressive. Oh my god, extremely passive aggressive and our w way of responding to things makes no sense. Uh like yeah, no means no, but uh no yeah means yeah and yeah no yeah definitely means yeah. Oh. Oh, accurate. <laughs> accurate. Yeah, yeah we're right. we're an interesting people. Yeah. Well, we should get out of this topic or we're never going to. No. I mean <laughs> yeah. this, this could definitely uh devolve into a whole Charlie Bean thing, but yes. This is why my shows always take three hours every time. I as, talk about garbage like this. As much fun as this talking about that kind of stuff, um, our discussion topic is actually going to be a little bit more serious tonight. Um, for those of you who might not be aware of what's going on, I'm just going to warn everybody before we jump into it that some of the things that, we're, that are going to be discussed tonight are a little bit... Uh, um, they're, let's, let's face it, it's terrible shit that, that's been yeah. going on. Um, let's not sure We're talking it. about... We're talking about current events in the gaming industry, trigger warnings for really messed up sexual stuff. Yes. I um, think that about covers it. I think so. so if just... you don't feel comfortable, you are more than welcome to join us next time or join us in the chat or join us on the Discord. 
no hard feelings, totally all good. But because of what's happening and how pervasive it is within the video games industry, I felt that we needed to discuss this. It needs something that needs to be talked about, and we need to do, try and do something about it as best as it we can. It keeps so. happening. It does. So you guys, let me get the, I just want to make sure I understand this. You guys are thinking, all right, got our 150th episode. We've done 150 of these shows. We need to celebrate. We need to get everyone excited for 150 more episodes. And we're I've got it. Blizzard Activision. Activision Blizzard. That's what we're going to talk about. <laughs> yes, that's yes. what we went. That's Stellar. Got there. No. Stellar show planning. Do you know what we did for our 150th anniversary? We left. We got a bunch of guest hosts, sat them in a room with Nika, and then left. That is what that we did. That was funny as shit. That was funny yeah. as shit. Yeah, you know who it wasn't funny that. for? Nika, who we didn't tell. <laughs> <laughs> that was oh. a good episode, though. You know, it was a good time. But uh. it, like I said, it, it's one of those things. It, it just happens to fall within this time frame. You know, it basically happened after our, after 149. Um, but because of what's going on with Activision Blizzard, for those who may not know, um, on July 20th, the California Department of Fair Labor and Housing filed a lawsuit against the World of Warcraft developer Activision Blizzard, alleging executives had, quote-unquote, fostered a sexist culture of misogyny and frat boy rule for years, violating equal pay laws and labor codes along the way. Um, the lawsuit- California is very uh, labor-friendly. We don't tolerate that kind of shit. No. It's, it's- and what... One thing that's important to mention about this, too, because I saw a lot of people confusing this, especially in the early goings, not so much now, but in the early goings, if you don't know, this was not an employee coming forward with allegations. This was the result of a years-long investigation into Activision Blizzard. These were the findings at the end of it was that this had happened. So this was not a case of like, well, we'll see how it plays out. No, no, no. We know what happened. That's what the investigation was. And then the lawsuit and now it's was... A, okay, what filed. are we going to do about it? Yep. Correct. Um, so the lawsuit highlights clear disparities in hiring, compensation, and professional growth between men and women at Activision Blizzard, and paints a picture of sexism and abuse in the workplace. In the wake of these lawsuits and the tone-deaf response from senior leadership, thousands of workers signed an open letter to management spelling out their demands for improved working conditions, fair treatment of all employees, transparent hiring and compensation practices, and more, leading to a walkout from Blizzard last Wednesday. Um, many in the industry are applauding the workers' response and calling for a massive overhaul of the video games industry as a whole. Some calling for unionization of development teams across all studios. Uh, as a result, many top-level executives at Blizzard have stepped down or been let go from their positions, including Studio President J. Allen Brock and Senior Vice President of Human Resources Jesse Meshuk, uh, with more changes surely to come in the future. Um, just the, the shit that has been allegated is just I don't want to necessarily describe everything that's been happening but uh, like Sarah has said many like, times in you know pre-show stuff one of the biggest things that came out of this was they had something called the Cosby Room and they were very clear about what was being implied with that despite the attempts to backpedal later on yeah it wasn't subtle Um, so I mean monstrous is the word first of all to start with like uh disgusting horrifying like bring up your thesaurus type in horrifying and basically the next 20 responses you see are going to be pretty applicable this was a hard read like just reading the original uh california uh department of labor uh report was an incredibly difficult read uh to get through because um 
I will say that I would say most women in the in any workplace, not just the gaming industry, but especially the gaming and esports industry, where it's particularly pervasive, probably have a similar sh- story to share, which is like mortifying and should never happen. Um, Government reports all of this sort also don't typically mince words about what happened. They're usually fairly direct and explicit about it. Yeah. Um, this was crazy. Sorry, excuse me, I got a cough. No worries. Uh, just for those who are in, or maybe aren't aware of it, I did link a few uh, of the uh, sources that I used in, uh, in coming up with this in the chat. So if you want to read up a little bit on this, uh, please do. Um, the more you know about it, you know, the more you, it's disgusting, but hopefully it will help us to really understand what's going on and hopefully f- keep it from happening in the future. Anyway, and- you were saying, Kelly. Yeah, I was saying, far from the first time that something like this has happened, uh, famously, a couple of years ago, Riot was met with, uh, this was an employee's allegation, this was not the result of a years-long investigation, but an employee's allegations that were found to be somewhat substantial, and uh, they went through a very similar similar calls for, hey, we need unionization, we need better work standards, we want you know changes with management at Riot, uh, and for the most part, Riot was able to take advantage of probably the ugliest truth of the gaming industry, which is that bad press only lasts until your next great release. Uh, and they had Valorant come out. They had League of Legends esports scene launch into the stratosphere. They had KDA happen, mm-hmm. which launched them into the music stratosphere. And they had they had so many good content things come out that a lot of people kind of just eat. I wouldn't say forget, but just kind of ignore that this happened and no real substantive changes came out of it exactly. because of that. Yeah. Now, yeah. we look like, at Blizzard, yeah. who when's the last time they put out a game that was received well? Overwatch? 2015? Uh, yeah, that's probably the last good one. I mean, because the ones after that, you're looking at uh, uh, Warcraft 3 Reforged, which was an absolute joke. Um... You're looking at uh, uh, Shadowlands oh. for uh, World of Warcraft, which was uh, um, met with mixed reviews. And best, uh, yeah. it's, yeah, the, the, I mean, the quality of a, of a Blizzard game used to be, you know, something that, that people strove for. They used to put out some amazing, uh, entertaining games, you know, Warcraft 3, Diablo 2, um, StarCraft, these are all, you know, games that are just known throughout the gaming industry and, and by gamers, you know, are beloved by, you know, gamers like us. And we, we now find out that uh, all of this has been, you know, done behind a, a veil of, you know, shameless uh, uh, sexism and, uh, and, and basically, sorry, sorry to say this, but a rape culture. I mean, so there's a couple things that really get me about it. The first is that this type of thing has happened enough that it's like, okay, this particular inch, it's like, it's a little surprising, but on some levels, it's not surprising. It seems like there's this entire culture endemic to the industry that you pin it on, oh, it's these particular people, you fire them, but you don't necessarily get the larger systemic change. And there's... Like, the comparison to uh, Riot was really interesting, because we've seen that not just in the games industry. Look at R. Kelly, and look how many people kept leaping to his defense after some pretty shocking allegations that I think had a lot of... Or Chris Brown. Uh, People who was like, okay, there's some really not okay stuff going on here, but people like their music, and so they're willing to defend it or look past it. 
look in the NFL, Ray Rice, right? Until the video came out, once the video came out, things changed. But like until that happened, everyone's pretty willing to just move on from it. So it, it, it happens, unfortunately, in too many walks of life. If you can create something that people love or provide something that people love, they'll overlook an awful lot. And literally, in this case, we mean an awful lot because uh, this is terrible. It's kind of frustrating to think that the only, like, I'm pleased that it seems that something might come out of this, but it's frustrating to think that it's only that because the writing on Shadowlands was terrible. But the ugly, ugly truth of it is because Blizzard is on a downturn right now, and if Diablo 4 were to come out in a month and be God's gift to gaming, I, I listen, I don't want to be super pessimistic and say that people would just let this go, but. I'm willing to bet more would be the more happy. Like I was super geeked for Diablo to uh, reincarnated. I was, yep. I was, I was, I was ready for this resurrected. I'm sorry. Yep. Um, I I loved Diablo two. I grew up. I put uh, the, if there's any game I put as much time and effort into as Final Fantasy eleven, it was Diablo two. Um, I was I was planning out streams. Fuck I was you, planning Pindle out a big skin. Huh? So much Pindle skin. Pindle skin. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I was I, I was I got, planning a yeah yeah. I was planning a huge launch weekend for it. And literally the day after or the day, the night that I announced it, like, these are things that I want to work on on the stream. This all broke. And I was literally like, all right, we'll throw that all that out the window. We're instituting a moratorium on Blizzard and Activision games yep. on our channel. We're not covering them anymore. I'm sorry. I can't do it. It's the same reason I don't cover Riot anymore. Like, yes, they may have gotten out from underneath it, but they didn't make any substantive changes. And now that I don't have to cover them for work anymore, I'm not. Yep. You don't need to deal with them at all. Yep, like, yeah. I, like I was saying in chat, I, I actually uh, was able to get a refund of my pre-order for D2. Yeah. Um, I, I, and I, 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 when, I, when I went in, I, I, I specifically said, you know, I, I didn't play the D3 because I got the version that came with Diablo 3 because I actually never owned it before. Um, so I, I told him, hey, I've never, I haven't played D3 yet. And to be 100% honest with you, I cannot support a company that, that, that treats its workers and women in, in the way that, that uh, your senior management is. And the next day, Here's your refund. Thanks. Boom. I mean, listen, good, Ouch. because that's what it should be at yeah. this point. Like, and, you know, I, we sat there and I saw a lot of people in the Final Fantasy 14 community going. And, and I think maybe to an extent that I wasn't comfortable with uh, tap dancing on the grave of World of Warcraft a little bit because of oh. it. And, and maybe enjoying a moment of feeling superior. And the only warning that I'm going to give to everybody is... That at the end of the day, while it wasn't our game this time around, that isn't to say it couldn't ever be. Exactly. And Final Fantasy XIV comes from Square Enix, which is a Japanese company and has some less than progressive views on women in the workplace. A country that does, rather. Uh, so, not to mention well, queer people. Uh, not to mention the LGBTQ and, you know, trans women and all that. Uh, so... Like, well, well, we'll probably never hear about it because obviously North American media doesn't get to cover the inside workings of Japanese companies very often. Um, just I wouldn't clutch your pearls too tightly. I, I would just say, you know what? Let us take this stand and remember in the future that it could be our turn in the barrel. Yeah, yeah that's that's true. I mean, we, we do. Well, you know, one thing that I had put down here is for notes, I mean, for the most part, for what we see, Square Enix is pretty open with a lot of the things that they discuss. However, like yep. you said, they choose what they want to share as well. Um, Anyone who's ever had a Square Enix uh, on for an interview on a 14 podcast can tell you they're pretty strict with what they actually are willing to say. Mm -hmm. 
If yep. you've ever listened to their notes or letter from the producer live, where they answer questions, every I think every one of us, every content creator out there, spends half of those presentations going, "Oh my God, who wrote that question in? Oh my God, why? Oh my God, we're wasting a question on that, you monsters! Like, why would you pick that? Because they're very particular about what they yeah. want to share. Mm-hmm. They have a lot. They want a lot of control over the image and over the message on some things. I yeah. really do appreciate that Yoshi P has at least chosen. He wants control over a message that is a bit more willing to talk about stuff, but he still does want some amount of control over the message that he's giving there. Oh, yeah. Well, listen, at, at he's, some just, point, he's doing it in a way that I approve of, but that doesn't mean he's not controlling it. Right. And, and, that, and by the way, it's not a problem to control your message. Like, that's what most artists do in every, you know, every time they go and create anything, they control their message as best they can. Right. That's totally fine. When controlling your message is to hide a culture of abuse towards minorities and the transgender and the LGBTQ and women, okay, well, that's now we've got a, a major problem that has to be dealt with, and that's where we're at with Activision Blizzard right now. Yep, exactly. And and like I said, like you, we've heard, you know, the, the same story came out of Ubisoft not that long ago, where there was a mm-hmm. number of uh, uh, high-level officials and and people in power who were let go from those uh, positions but again nothing substantive has really come out of it and you know the next time they come out with their next amazing game a lot of that's going to get end up getting swept under the rug or maybe would have been if had not come out for this lawsuit you know right now so i wouldn't even say like it's not even swept under the rug it's just kind of forgotten outright ignored yeah what's the name of david cage's garbage ass game company like that one is having similar problems right now yeah, um, oh. that the, the, the little indie company. Yeah, he was actually uh, pulled off of it as as writer, correct? And, uh, or as as producer, and he's I'm not like, writing from. Um, he has to go through a, a third party in, to, in order to get his the ideas back and forth to the, the rest of the development yeah. team. And they were they've just been did a long session in court that I had, did not find out what the result of it was. But yeah, Quantic Dream, they're they're going yeah. through. A similar culture issue, and it is a widely pervasive, ugly part of gaming culture, and it's amplified in the esports space. It's even worse in esports. Like, it's ugly, and it's 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 bad. And like, I'd love to tell you that my stance is like, oh my god, yes, this could be the one that gets us over the hump, that gets us towards unionization, and gets us towards get you know fixing some of these systemic problems. But I'm stuck saying I'll believe it when I see it because we've had things happen before and it just goes away as soon as a good game comes out and the 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 the, the hive mind can move on to the next thing. Like, you know, sucks. as long as I'm dreaming, maybe I'd like a pony. Yeah, I'd like <laughs> I'd like a pony too. Listen, I'd like a pony that I don't have to feed and it's just like yeah, it's just, it's just a pony that hangs out with me and it poops out student loan payments. Oh man, what a great pony! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I could have I used love, this I pony ten years ago. Yeah, that pony is about as likely to show up as uh, as unionization in the games industry. Yeah, and it's yeah, like it's one of the things where you could really tell. Like, at least it feels to me like it really is. Though it's not individual bad actors; it's a culture. Is there's been study after study that shows that if it's uh like no matter how much of a rock star some toxic employee is, no matter how amazing they are, the amount of Drag, the amount they drag down the employees around them does not make up like firing them and not having anyone is still a net positive and that's been shown time and time again and so at a certain point like they're still asleep but oh no they're that like saying that oh no we have to keep them oh no there's that also it includes on some level the idea that 
this negative about them isn't really that much of a negative. And look at the positive that they're doing. It must be the other people. Like, to keep maintain that mindset, you have to convince yourself on some level that, oh, it really isn't that bad. And and as a, as a consumer, ultimately, you've got to make the choice about what you can, what's, how big of a square can you circle in your mind? In your mind, how big of it, how big does it have to get before you say, I don't care how good Chick-fil-A's chicken is, they're killing LGBTQ people with their policies. So, I, I, sorry, tough. I can't eat it anymore. Yeah, Popeye's how, is fine. You know what? <laughs> I just had I just had the King from Burger King. That's pretty tasty, and, actually. Oh, my God. A fast food chicken sandwich has no business being that tasty. It was so good. And they donate some of the profits to LGBTQ charities. So, you know, I mean, stick it, Chick-fil-A. Um, but yeah, like we as the consumer ultimately are going to get to decide how this is going to play out because I, I saw someone go to, just go to town arguing. You'll never hurt the people at the top. All, the only people you're going to hurt with boycotts are the people down at the bottom. Really? Because that's what they want you to think. Because the only thing that ever affects change at the top of a company is a hit to the bottom line. It's the only thing that makes a difference. When they have to go to their board of investors and explain why profits are down 20%, you will see a systemic change in that company. I don't care if they have, like, Nintendo has enough cash reserves to lose money for, like, a billion years, basically, at this point. Like, it doesn't matter. They don't, they don't necessarily want to go losing money for... Exactly. Now. While that is true, while they have enough money in their Scrooge McDuck money vault back there that they could lose money for, for 20 years. The first time they go, they have a down 20% year, you're going to see some changes at Nintendo. I guarantee you, because that's not acceptable in any kind of corporate world. Yep. So, yes, yeah. I, the only, I did see a lot of changes. I was there. It was bad. It was like The really only rough. reason they wouldn't is if it, it's a we are so dedicated to being dicks that we will fork out money for it. Otherwise, why start tossing out the money? It's like, why lose money if you don't have to? Only if you are taking a stand on the principle of we hate queer people this much, or we hate women this much. And most of them don't actually hate them that much. It's just inertia, which I don't know if that's worse. That might be worse. I, that's the other thing, too, is like people say, think about all the innocent employees who didn't do anything wrong. And I'm like, okay, I'm sure that there are a handful that said, I'm sure there are a lot of employees who would claim innocence, but when these things were happening, they chose not to say anything. Mm -hmm. They chose to be a part of it by not saying anything or not stopping it. All it takes for evil to succeed is for good people to do nothing, right? Like, Even there was there, that culture, that mindset has to exist employees for that culture to pervade. Because if you have people who stand up and go, yo, that's effed up, you cannot do that then that culture does not get to exist. It and will be snuffed out. Right. The, the other tack I would take on that for people who do feel uncomfortable with that is like, okay, so what you're saying is the company gets to take hostages in order to not be held responsible. Because it's like, oh, we're just going to employ people and they're dependent on us so they're going to be hurt. Now, if you do this, you're hurt. Like, that is a hostage situation you are describing right there. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in chat, uh, I... Kayala was also mentioning, you know, the fact that sponsorships are something that's being affected. And I was actually going to just talk about that here. In addition to, you know, uh, players and staff distancing themselves from uh, Activision Blizzard, a number of sponsors for uh, Overwatch and Call of Duty leagues have actually been stepping back. Uh, mm -hmm. T-Mobile, Coca-Cola, Kellogg, and State Farm uh, are among them, you know, have uh, either 
fl uh, flat out said they're done or just said, hey, we do not want you to use any of our advertisements or our name until we figure out what's going on with this whole situation. And that's um, a lot of money right there. I mean, you don't, those aren't small brands you're talking about. Like State Farm and Coca-Cola are some of their biggest advertisers. Like mm -hmm. that is so a hefty chunk of T-Mobile ads? The T-Mobile ads that were playing behind the teams and stuff during downtime when they were testing like hardware and whatnot, all of those are gone. Those have just all been pulled until further notice. Mm -hmm. um, the cups that they were all drinking out of, the water bottles, all Coca-Cola branded, all gone. Um, a lot of the like news desk type of reporters, they had to pull all of the mugs. Uh, By the one way. team had T-Mobile on their jerseys and actually straight up had duct tape on their shirts to cover the T-Mobile. Yep. And, and not to sound rough. like an apologist, by the way, but I, I, gotta, I gotta say this. Overwatch League is the league that I think that cannot catch a break. Like, uh, like first, first they're like, okay, we're going to be the league that does physical in-person events and we're going to have road games and away games and we're going to bring that mindset to esports, which we were like, that's awesome. Do that. And they do it for a few weeks and it's really cool. COVID happens and literally <laughs> murders yeah. that whole plan, causes them <sighs> to lose tons of money that they invested trying to set that up. They finally finally start like clawing their way back out of it this last year they had a pretty decent year by all accounts this happens and it's like yeah yeah what at some point you guys just weren't meant to succeed i'm sorry sometimes you just get unlucky sometimes My you work just for, worked for funimation company. he worked for funimation for 11 years and he was like i'm gonna do something different and he works for team envy and yeah, he's been having a rough couple years. He's like, this sucks because he went to Team Envy, brought one of his assistants from Funimation with him. Overwatch League happens. And now he's like, awesome. Funimation closed their office. And um, this is a mess. Oh, yeah. God, what do I do? I have a child and a mortgage. What do I do? And oh, it's been a rough couple of months. That's something super important to bring up, by the way, because, you know, we mentioned like, hey, how big of a circle can you square? Are you willing to take a moral stand against this? And I made this super clear the day that it happened, but I'm going to I want to say it again here. I would never look at a streamer or at a WoW streamer or a Hearthstone streamer or an Overwatch streamer, someone who makes their living doing that and say, yeah, I expect you to, to go broke and destitute to make a moral stance. No, of, of course not. That's insane. No one is going to make that choice. No one, I think, with a brain cell is going to make yeah. that. You have a mortgage to pay. You have a family to support. You don't get like that isn't your choice to make most often. Like at some point, like I have to do what I have to do to make sure that my wife gets to eat at the end of the your, day. So, your like, existence depends on bringing in a salary. Yeah. And until that changes, shit like this is going to happen. Yay, capitalism. Yep. But what I am... I was trying not to go into that raft. <laughs> well, I mean, that's where we are. But, yeah. uh, but that said, if this isn't your wake-up call to go, hey, you know what? Maybe at least a couple nights a week, I need to be diversifying into other games so I'm not fully supported by one company's games. Mm -hmm. Yeah. this is this yeah. Like, And like to even for me, like I'm a Final Fantasy XIV streamer primarily, but are, do we do D&D nights? Are we doing a Hades night? Are we doing other games now? Because I am, that was a great wake-up call for me. Like, I'm not getting stuck in this situation, you know, a year down the line. Um, also, it just keeps your content more interesting. Agreed. Frankly. I, I, yeah. I, obviously, if you're, like, you know, top-tier Overwatch player, yeah, it behooves you to play Overwatch. You're going to be able to, you know, use your skill to make money. That's the idea. But, yeah, start, you know, I wouldn't say give Valorant a try because I wouldn't say they're any less problematic, but like, I don't know. Nah, not CSGO either. <laughs> hmm. 
Yeah. You know oh, what? Maybe I, just stay away from esports. Yeah, here's they're, the they're problem. All, all bad. What do we play? Yeah. But yeah. Like, you know, I, Minecraft is always pretty good. That's true. <laughs> oh, wait. I, I will just play, I will just play visual novels like and it will be. Thick. <laughs> I'll just play visual novels and it'll be story time for everyone. Exactly. But, like, that, that's what I'm getting at. Like, like, how big of a square can you circle? Because if we were to find out the dirty laundry of every major game developer out there, I don't know that there's any of them that we would be very happy with what we found out. Like, I just don't think that that's the case. That's the ugly truth of corporate everywhere, basically. Yeah. Uh, so just know in your head where your lines are at and where it's like, okay, I can't support it anymore. I'm sorry. If you come out and you are anti-LGBTQIA, I, I'm sorry. My whole, I, my whole existence is built around this community that's been so wonderful and accepting to me. I cannot... I loved Five Nights at Freddy's. I loved the series. I was I absorbed every bit of the lore that I could find. I I tried. Uh, I was you know I followed Matt Pat and all the theorist videos about it and like I loved it. And Sarah did too. It was one of our favorite things to do was just sit in the couch and watch these videos on Five Nights at Freddy's. And then his revelation came out, and I was sat there like, no, I'm sorry, you're actively supporting people who are actively hurting my community. I, I can't square that circle. I'm sorry. It it sucks, but you just you got to be aware of where your lines are and where you're just like I can't do it anymore. Yeah, I mean, thinking about all this now, if if something were to come out where you know something at Square Enix were to you know do something similar where we would, there would be you know uh, huge things against hurt. women or or the LGBTQ mm -hmm. or something like that. Yeah, I mean, we are a Final Fantasy podcast. We yeah. we are at this point are are we discuss anything and everything final fantasy um we you know and, and a lot of other square enix properties you've got a moogle head on your microphone yeah well the like, little little primal guy but <laughs> yeah that, yeah that would just hurt on an emotional level too uh, you should see all the, mm -hmm. and the stuff behind yeah but the fact that th this game yeah. you know has brought a lot of people together you know the things that uh, they, they they do um the, the stories that they've told and then, you know, the fact that we have these MMOs 11 and 14 that have drawn us together, you know, to share our love on something like this. If we were, if I don't know what I'd end up having to do if, if, if I did, were to discover a similar story with Square Enix, I think I would actually have to, like you said, I, I don't know if I could circle that square. I would have to move on, find something yeah. else. And, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, people coming out and hearing about these stories that are happening within the games industry will maybe cause some of the other uh, developers, the other companies to take stock of what they have going on so they can make sure that they don't end up losing, you know, things on the, on their bottom line, you know, with, with people not bu either buying their games, sponsors, not supporting them, um, you know, their stocks plummeting because there, there's no uh, trust from their investors anymore. Um, mm -hmm. th yeah. These are all things. These, those are the things that need to happen in order for you know a company to to really listen which is the sad sad truth of capitalism i, I sit here um, i said i've got in my background i've got my final fantasy 14 characters birth certificate framed i've got my i've got my two carbuncles and my chocobo plushie up there and i'd love to sit here and tell you that if this kind of thing came out about square enix that i would take the same exact moral stance that i did against blizzard that i did against riot and it i so it, it'd be hard and it, 
and I couldn't do that honestly without like because this would mean a lot more to me than those two companies do. I liked Blizzard's games. I loved. I grew up playing them, but I did not love them the way I loved Square Enix's games. Mm-hmm. And while I'd love to sit here and tell you that I would take the same exact moral stance, I don't know. I just it's, don't know that I would. Be, I like it's so easy it's to part say of their it. identity. It's so easy to say it, but when you actually have to do it, it's a lot harder. Uh, and I, I look around. There's a lot of Harry Potter fans out there these days who grew up reading the books. Oh God, they that's grew up one. wanting to be. A, they wanted to be a wizard. Oh. They grew up everything, right? Uh, and and that one hurts completely. Understandably, so completely understandably. It's an incredible world that that literally, like we. I, I know it was written by I a still, British author, I but. I still yeah. describe myself as a Hufflepuff for some purposes. <laughs> well, because it makes sense to. Uh, you, you are absolutely a Hufflepuff. Uh, no one is surprised by this, and I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> yeah, no one's surprised. <laughs> but my point is, like, oh. I, even though it was written by a British author, it is such a quintessential American hero story where everyone has the chance to be selected and be the the wizard and get to be a special person and get to you know go on and live this fantastical life. It's such a, it's such a like it's no wonder it caught on. And you find out that the artist is, or the creator is incredibly transphobic, and that sucks. Especially, I, you know, the first cosplay that I wanted to do when I went into hormones, and I've been on hormones for 17 months now, the first cosplay that I wanted to do was, uh, um, uh, not Luna Lovegood, uh, geez, Tonks. I wanted to do Nymphadora Tonks. Ooh, that'd be good. That was the first cosplay that I want to do. I posted that. I was said like, this is like the cosplay, like the first time when I can actually appear as a woman and, and pull it off. Like that's the cosplay I want to do. And then it all started coming out. And it was just like, this sucks. This completely sucks. Cause it is a world that I enjoyed and loved. And it's, and I don't, I don't begrudge people who say, no, I'm sorry. It was a big part of my childhood. It's something I still care about and something I still love. I, cause I get it. I do totally get it, but it's just not something that I can support anymore because it's literally my community. I'm way closer to it than some people are. And so if you're out there and you're someone who like, listen, I don't care. I'm a Harry Potter fan. I love that world. And I love that experience. That's okay. Like it is, it is okay. It's not okay to like, you have to enjoy it while also understanding what enjoying it might go to support and what it might work against and be aware that that is the circle that you're squaring. You can't be blind to it. That's not, that isn't yeah. okay. But yeah, there's how, been big, a lot how of big a circle can you square? There's been a lot of discussion about how to handle and process and how you should approach something where you have a work, you have an author that turns out to be deeply problematic. I mean, I think a lot of people were really taking uh, one of the earliest ones I remember, finding out that the person who wrote Ender's Game had a lot of attitudes that did not seem to be reflected in those works. Surprisingly, right? Like, yeah, uh, Orson Orson Scott Wells, right? Orson Scott Card. Scott Card. Card, card, uh, not Orson Welles, yeah. no. Uh, card, yes. Uh, yeah, uh, very interesting. Uh, and you see that like, a lot wait, of times. You wrote those books? Do yeah. you even understand them the same way? It's like when you learn like Alan Moore like worshiped a snake deity and you're like, wait, what? Alan Moore? What are wait, you, what? What are you doing? Yeah. yeah, Alan Moore. Yeah. Like, he was big on like snake deities. It was kind huh. of his thing. He was weird. He's a weird guy. And like all uh, like all great artists, he hates everything he's ever created if it's popular. If it was unpopular, he likes it. So yeah, it's great. But Just, like you, you go, go ahead. you go back and look through like 
I'm sorry, I'm talking so much. I apologize. No, but you go back and you you look through like, uh, have you ever actually read like uh, the Mountains of Madness or Call of Cthulhu or that stuff? And you go, oh, you are really racist. This is this is way more dry and way more racist than I was expecting it to be. When you go back and read it, you were not a fan of the black people or the Irish people or really anyone who didn't look just like you, as it turns out. Yeah, uh, like, and once you know about it, it's like, okay, you have these themes of, like, these people who look normal to the eye, but really they're subtly wrong, and they're not actually human, and you started thinking about his rants about miscegenation. It's like, uh... Oh, now it makes sense. They're all lizard people, too. That's that's weird. Yeah, no. Which uh, is a pity, because he also, like, broke out a lot of stuff about horror and created, like, entire genres that were really interesting to explore. Right, but and and, like, and that's the thing is, no one says that you're not allowed to enjoy eldritch horror because right. he had incredibly in, inappropriate opinions. Like, I mean, even in the 20s, like I would say those opinions weren't stellar. Like those, like like there, I mean, they were never stellar. But like, yeah, even in the 20s, some people would have been like, all right, dude, you got to relax a bit. Like, come on. Uh, and but no one's saying like you can't enjoy eldritch horror because of that. Like, no, it it did come from a very problematic place, but it has grown so far beyond what that is. And now, like, there's, I mean, the, like, from the, the Call of Cthulhu card game to Arkham Horror to, uh, to, uh, what, what's the, the, uh, role playing game drive me nuts? Um, oh, geez. I think it actually might be called the Call of Cthulhu. I don't think they're very creative with the naming. They always use that one. Yeah. Uh, but, like, like, it's grown and taken on such a life of its own. It's grown beyond the original artist. And it is over time, over the course of 80 years, become subjected to many new artists' interpretations of it and been reimagined by a whole generation of new artists. And the kind of thing that I, I know I saw Kaya mention in the chat, the nice thing about the Harry Potter fandom, is how much that fandom has been co opted by, or how much that, that, that whole. Uh, story has been caught by the fans and just carried on and reimagined through their eyes and that's where you can still really support the fandom without giving uh jk rowling money which is always a bonus to me this is one of the reasons that i often argue for copyright terms being shorter because there does come a point where it's like okay no this has become a part of broader culture is it really owned by a single person at this point anymore as a society i think it's more reasonable to say hey some of this stuff does start which i know a lot of individual artists get uncomfortable with the idea that at a certain point their work may be out of their hands and be defined by society and culture as a broader thing but i feel like the balance just needs to be tipped a little more in that direction just because that's kind of the reality of it well you'll get that when you're able to talk to the mouse they didn't try to they did not try an extension this last time around i think because uh they're polling uh, like they did a bunch of polling and surveying and found that okay no people are actually going to fight pretty hard against it this time Uh i'll see your ass in court Oh, stuff actually entered the public domain. <sighs> Fuck you, Conan Doyle family. You have to work for a living sometimes. <laughs> I know. Like I, you think even the most recent Ace Attorney, right? The the one that just came out, Herlock Holmes, because the original, uh, I, be- I believe, first and second Sherlock Holmes books are still copyright. You uh, can't use the, Sherlock Holmes. No, no, Sherlock Holmes is in the public domain now. The yeah. later ones are not copyrighted. Right. So, like, specific so, stories, but you can use the characters. Yes. You may not be able to use stuff about the characters that was defined in later stories, but... Got it. But, like, the most recent game that came out, I think, I guess, when they started developing it, probably wasn't at that point. Yeah. But now, in the future, there may be a Sherlock Holmes uh, yeah. game in the Ace Attorney, because that's what it's... Like, they're not shy about it. Like, you know, it's, they call him Sherlock Holmes, but it's Sherlock Yeah. Holmes. 
Well, also, there was, like, another thing that used Sherlock Holmes, and it seems partly also to be a little bit tri uh, tribute to that. And yes, Sherlock Holmes did enter the public domain. Uh, the earliest stories have, so... Uh, oh, Lupin III. Uh, three. Thanks, Brahamut. Uh, but yeah, no, like, the earliest stuff has... Like, it's on kind of a rolling thing, so it's stuff from a particular year. Uh... And so, like, the earliest ones, so the character of Sherlock Holmes uh, is available. Uh, some stuff that's defined around, like, the whole thing about the, oh, hey, he had a cocaine addiction that he kicked with the help of Sigmund Freud. That was in a story that's still under copyright, so you can't use those details about him. But, yeah, I remember I was working at Barnes & Noble, and there's, like, overnight, there was, practically, the mysteries had a whole bunch of effectively Sherlock Holmes fan fiction stories written using Holmes by other people and it's like okay everyone knew this was coming all the publishing houses had everything lined up just waiting waiting and it's there print it all right hey guys you're amazing <laughs> but let's just talk about the thing that we're talking about in the show notes and not about whatever the hell the last 15 minutes was <laughs> we sidetracked we have we have uh, a, a bad habit of sidetracking yeah. yes sorry yeah. it, it was uh, interesting uh, but yes um, yeah, we're, it's a little bit about, yeah, just the idea of how you uh, handle something that's an important part of your identity that is problematic. Like the people, who, like I know people who have Alliance or Horde tattoos. Like that is something that's part of your identity. What do you do about it at that point? Uh, I did also want to note there were a couple comments in the chat a bit earlier. Uh, going back to the idea about how this affects the employees and the little guy. Uh, Kyle noted that a lot of the employees that are still there were also victims in this. So trying to th talk about and think about what's best for them, it kind of becomes this almost like paternalistic, oh, we need to make our decision on what's best for them, instead of like giving them the agency to make the decision about what's best for themselves, which honestly feels a little bit demeaning. Uh, also, Dolvik notes that Activision Blizzard, when they had record profits, they also had record layoffs. That's true. So they sure did. For large businesses, it is not quite as simple as, oh, if they're making more money, they'll hire more people or they'll increase wages. They're not going to do that. Well, it, it is. Listen, it was a real bad look when it happened, and it would still be a real bad look today. You cannot announce that you're laying off 800 people the same week you announce record profits. You just, you, I don't know who your PR team is who thought that was okay, oh. but you can't do it. I mean, I would get. If I had to put money down, I would guess the PR team is like, this is a really terrible idea, and some executive overrode them. Yeah. That, well... That happens and, so much. But yeah, yeah. like, the, the way hiring, layoffs, all of that works, it's not just as simple as, oh, we made money, we hire people, oh, we lost money, we fire people. Like, that's not the dynamic at all in a sufficiently large company. It is a lot more complex than that. Nope. Also, it's kind of ridiculous to think that individual consumers are going to be directly affecting their hiring and firing decisions in that way. You're not that awesome. You do not have to say, oh, I have a great power and how shall I wield it? I could destroy life. No, that's not what's happening here. No, if I, Lose if the I, ego. If a company can make record profits with less people, they're going to keep doing that with this in, in you're going to keep making the same products with the same amount of people. They're not going to hire any more people unless they get to a point where they're unable to make those products. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. If they actually want to start expanding and making new things, but yeah, they're going to hire people because they have a specific purpose for it. They're going to fire people because they don't need. Them. 
and, it, and it's sad to see that, but that's unfortunately the way business works. Also, uh, Kali, chat wants you to know that a poolside plot is up in Ward 3. Oh, okay. you know already. So listen, we, we launched our own free company in FF14, <laughs> and I was out of the housing game because I got my own small house uh, that we've had for a few months now, and uh, uh, now I'm stuck looking for a free company house, and I hate it. I want to die. A so, little bit of comic relief after all of that heavy stuff. So what are your thoughts on the uh, whole um, lottery system that's going to be coming in Endwalker? All right. I'm going to make this just as, as clear as I possibly can make it. <laughs> if, if this lottery system involves me giving Yoshi P 4 million gil and $20 and he flies to my house and kicks me in what remains of my dick as hard as he can until I vomit on the floor, it will be a better system than what we have right now. Because okay, this I was about is, to start debating, but I think we're on the same page. Yeah, because this is, in fact, the worst system in the history of MMOs ever. Dude, in this, your scenario, it's one kick and then it's done. It's one kick and then it's done. Well, assuming I win the lottery, but I mean, listen, you can kick me as many times as it takes to get the house if I don't have to do this anymore. Because to have me go to a ward and stand in front of a placard with my thumb in my ass clicking this thing for 8 to 12 to 24 hours, not playing your game in any other way for a chance to maybe get a house... Wh who thought that was acceptable? What is that supposed to prevent that couldn't be prevented with that timer being two hours? Like, yes, I get it. You don't want uh, RMT to be able to sell a house to someone. Makes total sense. It was a huge problem back in the day. It's how we ended up with entire wards dedicated to free companies. I totally get it. But if you made it two hours, we live in the Discord era now where there is a Discord server that literally posts when a house goes up for sale within 20 minutes of it going up for sale. Two hours would be plenty for what you're trying to accomplish here. It would get the job done. This system is beyond unacceptable. It is so terrible. I almost started a podcast just to rant about this thing. I was like, I need a podcast. I, I, ah, I hate one this. of your ideas. So, yeah, fun I, fact, that's you episode one, I guarantee have you ever actually right. tried to buy a real house? I, yeah, I bought a house in real life, and it was way easier. Like, yes. I, I, and I that includes this the house. bullshit of touring three houses a weekend, every weekend for six months, putting in 12 offers, and as soon as you put it in, you find out, oh, we know it's been on the market for 45 minutes, but there's 36 offers, 34 of them are cash, all of them are waiving inspections, and all of them are paying closing costs. So, and you show up with your twelve grand, and you're like, "Thanks, I don't know what to do now. This is not helpful." Yeah, I'll assume you're looking for a house awful. right now, which is an actual nightmare. It's it's terrible. We got our house a few years yeah. ago uh, when it was a pretty decent time to buy a house. Um, but yeah, no, it, we uh, seventeen houses was our seventeenth house that we looked at, and it's the one we ended up getting. Uh, and uh, that process, which involved me having to dig up four years of financial records, was a far more pleasant experience than what I'm doing in Final Fantasy fourteen right now. Yeah. This is I, I said it was I was on the other oh, like this has turned like my mind was so numb at the end of like seven hours of doing this, and I had someone in my free company who did it for over fourteen hours that day. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was great. Uh, but after seven hours, I sat here. My brain was so numb 
my mind was so numb. I'm like, I feel like I've been watching hypnosis porn for the last seven hours. And all I can do is sit here and be like, good girls click placards. Good girls speculate in online virtual real estate. Yes, good girls do that. Like, that's all I can think about it. Like, I, they, Square Enix broke my brain with how awful this process is. Like, I don't like, I don't know who, I've never, I've, I've, one time have I called for someone's job at Square Enix and it was, it, it was during Stormblood. I called for Yoshi's job and I, I, I now have to eat those words because Shadowbringers is amazing, but like, I call for it. I will call for the job of whoever designed that system. Whoever designed that system should go work on another game. I like any other game. Just get away from the ones that I play. Go work for David Cage, please. I'm begging you because his game's already stuck. You can't damage those anymore. Huh. Like, okay. It's comparable to here, but I'm in the Bay Area. Yeah. So it's great. It's a good time. Everyone loves it. Kyle in chat saying the current 14 housing system is superior only to one other possible option. No housing at all. No housing at any point. I disagree. I, I, I firmly that, that disagree. That would be more egalitarian. I, I'm telling you something right now. I, I have been there on hour eight when everyone is starting to go a little bit stir crazy and everyone, like, everyone has that moment of like, can I tell you, I don't even care if I get the house anymore. I just want this house to go up for sale. I want someone to get it. I don't Please care if it isn't me. I just need this to end. This system would be better off not existing than what it is right now. This system is so putridly awful. Uh, like, I don't know. I, like I said, I bring back Loathe at First Sight. Maybe our first episode will be trying to buy a house in Final <laughs> Fantasy 14. They should have to, they should have to for their next 14 hour stream, try and buy a house so that they can understand what they've put into this game. I would, I would pay money to see that. I'd love to see them get on and just be like, for today's Final Fantasy 14, 14 hour stream, we will be trying to purchase a house in the mist. Here, and I knew I'd seen it. There was a Kotaku article talking about how the digital version of FF14 had sold out that started with Final Fantasy XIV, the popular MMO about trying to find an apartment in San Francisco. <laughs> Accurate. Boom, because that's it's the worst. Accurate, I hate it. accurate. Uh, well, we've talked about a lot of different things. Um, you know how how we would uh, accept what would we do if our our fandom were uh, hit with something like this. Um, you know, and and everything like but that. But if it turns out that Yoshi P makes his employees all buy houses in the same way, I don't know. I'm gonna have to. I'm I'm done with you then. Sorry. No. <laughs> Uh, listen, um, a human rights violation worse than Archon Loaf right there. I mean, as long as he makes everyone do it, like uh, you just can't. Like, I just don't want to hear that you made only your female employees do it. That's like I'm gonna have a big problem with that. Yeah. Um. But I suppose uh, in, this is something that's going to be going on for a while. Um. I mean, th this case is still, you know, in under investigation. They're still gathering a whole bunch of stuff. I don't know when the actual. Uh, case is supposed to actually go to court um but i'm sure we're going to be hearing a lot about uh what happens here and uh i'm hoping that people... god what if the coffee room isn't the worst revelation oh god it does seem like every day there's something new but like to, to your point i hope we're hearing about this for a while because if we stop hearing about it it's not for the reason you want yes, it to be absolutely yeah i mean we want to make sure that this is something that you know is going to be the turning point i want this to be that that point where people wake up and yeah. they're like hey you know it's not drag cool it out into for people to uh, uh yeah drag it out into the street and, and and make it make an example of it you know you know i was gonna it. say drag it out into the sunlight but oh. 
Sunlight's the best disinfectant. Well, why not just go with shame? Jing, shame. There we go. <laughs> Drag it out into the street and shoot it. How about that? This culture has to die. It, it needs to like, go away. Yes. Like, absolutely. And, 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 Activision Blizzard, like as like they can fire their head of human resources all they want. They can fire their their the president of their company. You have to tear this out down to the root, and and basically start over. You don't like we saw it at Riot. Like you don't get to just send a guy on vacation for eight months and expect something that's going to come back and change. No, like you have to burn it to the ground and start again. Yeah. Like you got to go seventh umbral calamity on it. This has got to get ugly. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we need lasting change. We need protections and equality for everybody who is within the games industry. Uh, we need to make sure that pe that those that are in, in power are held accountable for what is happening under their watch. And that, uh, you know, overall, I think if that can happen, I yeah, think it's... video games are going to become uh, the thing that they've always meant to be. And, and th that's the thing that brings people together. It's it's hard to do. Changing the culture is hard. Uh, I will be watching this with great interest to see if they can maybe stumble towards something better. And I'm, I'm because sure right now it's it's happened a lot, and it's a hard problem. I'm sure that this is something that we will continue to talk about as more things pop up. But I wanted to take this time uh, with somebody who you know who not only looked at esports and the gaming industry in general, Cali. You know when you, as you did that, you know in the past. But as somebody, you know, all of us here are are in, in some way, um, we're all attached to different properties that we really love and are scared, you know, to what, think what would happen if something like this were to come out. Um, yeah. And then the fact that, you know, you as, as a trans woman, uh, Sarah as, as, as a gay man, uh, Tal is um, myself as, as an ally. Um, it's one of those things where we want to make sure that, you know, those that we care about are are not, you know, it, it, it's it's abused. Something, yeah, it's something that's hard for me to put to words. I'm sorry, no, um, because it, no. it it is um something that I do care about, you know, and it's it I I hate seeing you know these these types of things happening in in our world. So it's a hard problem. It is. Uh, I feel like we. That's probably a good point to put a pin in it. Yes. Um. Also, I think, Tal, is you're running low on battery. <laughs> I am running low on, very low on battery. Okay. And I have a mind-blowing headache right now, so that right. sucks. But I'll get through it. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think we can go ahead and start wrapping it up at that, this so, point, then. All right, then, uh, I guess that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode, guys. If you <laughs> liked what you heard, please make sure to like, subscribe, or follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, or whatever your preferred podcatcher is. And if possible, leave us a rating or review. Uh, it, it lets people uh, find our show and it lets us know how we're doing. Uh, if you really dig the show, you can consider subscribing here at twitch.tv slash Phoenix Star Radio, where you get access to a number of subscriber-only emotes and badges. Or you can also go out to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Phoenix Star Radio and support us out there like our benevolent overlord, Aurori Fenrir, and our new shadowy foreign investor, Tibian Salts. Ooh. Uh, all proceeds. Oh, I love Tibian. <laughs> Tibian's great. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, all proceeds go towards growing the show, cover things like hosting costs, allow us to improve and upgrade our equipment, as well as do some fun things like contests and giveaways. Um, but as always, any kind of support, whether it's emails, likes, tweets, or retweets, follows, subs, donations, whatever it is, it's greatly appreciated because we just love hanging out with you guys and interacting with you and the rest of the community. 
If you want to check out our backlog of podcasts, you can go out to our website, phoenixdownradio.com. If you have questions, comments, uh, ideas for the show, you can email us, podcast at phoenixdownradio.com. And you can hit us up on our Twitter page, at phxdnradio. Um, and if you're listening to us on the podcast, make sure to join us sometime live here at twitch.tv slash phoenixdownradio. So, Callie, as our guest, um, again, thank you so much for joining us on this uh, landmark 150th episode. We really appreciate it. Tell everybody where they can find you, um, the things you're up to, and uh, yeah, just sell yourself. Go ahead, said. Any quick out. shout outs? <laughs> yeah, shout well, outs, all first that. of all, yeah, shout outs. Oh, there's a, there's a, there's a bit to go for the ages. Uh, <laughs> well, we, first we've of all, kept I, it, so. <laughs> thank you so much for having me, and congratulations on 150 episodes. Here's thank to you. 150 more. It's a big landmark, believe me, as someone who is the queen of doing about three episodes and then scrapping a show because I hate it. Uh, I know what a, ch- a chore it can be to get to 150, so well done. Uh, my name is Ascalia, and if you enjoyed listening to me tonight, you might enjoy checking out my Twitch channel, which is over at twitch.tv slash Ascalia, E-S-K-A-L-I-A. Our brand is dedicated to five major tenets, those being gaming, film, tabletop and roleplay, sex and kink positivity, and LGBTQIA inclusivity. So if those are five tenets that you're kind of into, you may want to check out the Twitch channel. If those are five tenets you are not particularly into, I probably wouldn't check out the Twitch channel. It's probably, I don't also, know. You're probably get not your vaccine. To this show. Yeah, you're probably not listening anyway, but get your vaccine and, and stop, I don't know, stop, stop watching Fox. Anyway, uh, if you uh, you can follow me on Twitter. That's at also at Ascalia, and uh, you can also on both of those places you'll find the link to our Discord server, uh, the layer of the Casuals. We got over sixty awesome people hanging out in there, posting all kinds of memes, posting all kinds of fun chat. We've got an LGBTQIA support section where you can ask questions or just get whatever kind of support you feel like you might be able to have. And of course, we have an eighteen plus section where you can post scant pictures of your Warrior of Light, and I'll probably put thirsty emotes next to them so uh i oh i do my. highly recommend it it's a yeah oh my indeed <laughs> it's a good time it's worth hanging out and i think you'll uh enjoy it please come check us out we stream five days a week that's uh, monday tuesday wednesday friday and sunday on the twitch channel our schedule is posted on the twitch channel check it out it's a good time a lot of final fantasy 14 a lot of dungeons and dragons a little bit of variety in between those things so yeah that's that's it for me Thank you so much. We really appreciate you joining us, and hopefully, it's not five years until we see you again. No, I, I would hope. I would hope maybe a little bit sooner this time, since you know, like I say, I can do whatever I want now. No one can tell me no anymore. Exactly. <laughs> Except Caliente. my one. That's my new favorite portmanteau. Oh, that's our. That is our uh, our uh, eighteen plus memes section. The Escaliente memes. Ah, nice. Beautiful. <laughs> That's yeah, such a great word. portmanteau. I love that. Mm-hmm. A oh, great word. word. All right, Talis, since you might uh, drop out in your second year <laughs> up. Spanish. Uh, shout outs to everybody over the last week that has sent me the same Amazon link for the same cookbook. <laughs> I've gotten it like no shit, like not exaggerating at least 20 times in like texts and facebook messages and somebody sent it to me on instagram and somebody found me on tiktok and like duetted something just to tell me about it and i'm like guys i pre-ordered it way before all (laughs) y'all don't worry about it i promise i will make almost everything in the book and i'm gonna make archon loaf anyway just to make sarah sad no no war crime yes 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 i'm gonna do war crimes anyway at least this one comes with gravy uh, shout outs to Pyrocats for making amazing soup, by the way, that does not include war crimes, uh, but did include uh, 
Burdock root? No, something else. Yeah. Lotus root, and it was fire. So good mm. stuff. Uh, shout out to my friends for helping me celebrate the only holiday that I give a shit about, which isn't a real holiday. Uh, Hachi Roku <laughs> Day yesterday, in which we talked about cars and ate tofu, and it was rad. Uh, uh, are, are we an initial D fan? Is that what I'm to take from that? Um, so I'm wearing a Formula Drift t-shirt. I am also wearing the Initial D theme cafe hoodie that I picked up in Gunma. Uh, I was I the biggest Initial D Discord. geek. Oh my god. I was a huge Initial a D geek growing up. I was, oh my shit. god. Anyway, I'm so uh, excited. if you want to harass me and find <laughs> weird shit that I've done, you can find me on TikTok or Instagram at MarvelousTofu. Yes, definitely an Initial D fan for that. Yes. Uh, thank you guys for having me. You're Always welcome to come and join us, uh, Talas. Thank you so much for being a part of our show. Zare. Yay! All right. So shout out once again to uh, the fellow participants at the Lunar Con Lore Campfire, Anonymous, Emmy, Croatan, and all the people who came out to watch uh, talk about their hopes and dreams for Endwalker, shitpost, make memes, and sidetrack onto things. Uh, I'll go ahead and throw the link to that video of the day up in the chat again. That's up for one more day, I think, because it's like for one week, right? It's actually, I think, two. Oh, sweet. Okay, so that'll be around for a little bit. Uh, Moose said that he's going to try streaming some more, so if he does, I will probably be a bit more of a frequent guest on that. It, it is fun to shitpost with him. It's great. Uh, you can also... Uh, but yes, shout out to my wonderful co-hosts, to Kali for making this a really fun night. Uh, really good discussion. I like that we can actually really start talking about some of these topics, really bring them out. As I said, like sunlight, best disinfectant, and so getting it out there in the open is something that I think really needs to happen, and I'm really happy that you did that with us. Uh, as well as to all of our amazing listeners out there, uh, love your comments, love your insights. You're the best. It's great. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at FFXIVSEYRR, FF14SER. Uh, lately, I've been retweeting a friend of mine just, I mentioned, just started a Kickstarter for a game that's kind of a tribute to uh, and inspired by Golden Sun and other classic JRPGs. Uh, I also post interesting stuff that I saw at the library, as well as occasionally things that I cook. Very nice. Again, thank you for being a part of this show from the beginning. Um, I don't know how you stuck with me for almost six years. I have nothing better to do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, literally, that's basically how I built my career with people. Hey, you got nothing better to do, right? <laughs> like, one of the reasons I will go hang out with Moose and discuss stuff at any time is I am that bored. But you had a good time doing it, and that's the important oh, part. Oh, I absolutely did. Like, if I'm going to kill the boredom, that is an amazing way to do it. Absolutely. With something you love. Thank you again. And, of course, I want to shout out Callie again. Five years was way too long. I'm so glad that you, you answered the call and said yes to join us on episode 150. It was amazing having you here. Oh. It's so great to see you again. And, uh, like I said, hopefully this is the first time of many. And we will see you again, hopefully soon, at the next Fan Fest. Oh, yeah. please. Let's not wait until episode 300 for the next one. Exactly. No, please. No. Exactly. Reach out anytime. You, I'm, I'm always open. And you're always welcome here at, 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 with Phoenix Down Radio. Uh, shout out to my other co-hosts, Sarah and Talas. You know, you guys put up with a lot of my shit. Um, you know, and me not getting the show notes created until just this morning. Uh, I had hey, a... man, we pull it off every week and they don't know. Just hide it behind the you veil. It's fine. I'm absolutely 100% cool with them knowing what's happening behind the curtain because that's kind of how I roll here. But uh, 
So thank you again for, you know, dealing with that. Thank you to everybody who's joined us new tonight, uh, who came from, from uh, Escalia's uh, uh, channel and from his Discord, for her Discord. Sorry, I'm, I'm my apologies. Thank you for correcting. <laughs> um, it's been, like I said, having you here has been absolutely wonderful. Uh, thank you for letting us share our little world here with you. And uh, we look forward to joining Callie and her, and her community as well and uh, make, make having a lot of fun and just m sharing with everybody. So thank you so much for, uh, you know, for joining us tonight. And we hope to see you again soon. Um, if you want to find me out on uh, Twitter, I am at PHXDN underscore K-L-A-U-S-S, uh, where if, you know, where I recently posted that I had ran into the Moogle troop at uh, Hyperion w during the uh, um, Make It Rain campaign here, which was, they're amazing how they do all keep everything just so synchronized and the songs that they do it was just it floors me every time i i see a group doing this through performance action so it, it, it the things people do in this game is it just it's 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 awesome part of the reason why i love this game so much yes so for my uh co-hosts sarah timono and for talis for the amazing cali I am Klaus Neipiger, wishing everybody a wonderful evening. Thank you again for joining us on this episode 150. Here's to 150 more, and we will see you on the next up. Now on, take care. Phoenix Down Radio is a production of PhoenixDownRadio.com and Illusion Productions. Final Fantasy 14 and Eorzea are trademarks of Square Enix. In-game content for Phoenix Down Radio is a copyright of Square Enix. Open the music for Phoenix Down Radio is provided by Guilty Gear Rocky. Check out the Metal Chocobo theme cover and many other music videos at youtube.com slash guiltyrocky. Closing music for this episode is provided by GuitarLinker90. Please check out their full version of Matoya's Cave and other rock video game covers at youtube.com slash guitarlinker90. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are those of Phoenix Down Radio and its hosts and do not reflect the views of Square Enix.